Sign up for the newsletter so you never miss an update. Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. Georgia drivers take pride in their cars because your car is important to you. It gets you back and forth every day, helping you connect with family and friends, getting you to work, to the store, and the football game. Protect the vehicle that protects you with dependable coverage from an insurance company that's known for keeping its promises. Georgia Farm Bureau Insurance, right here in your community. Learn more at gfbinsurance.com. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Footy Podcast. On this week's episode, much like how we would describe Phil's position on this podcast with his constant flops, Ollie is somehow through to see another week. We have a week that fully was from about 105 years ago, so that will be a great refresher. And the age-old question, can he do it? All that and more, so let's get straight into it. This is the Fantasy Footy Podcast. Hello, everybody. Hello, Hello Sasha. Hello. We're all back, Sasha. back together again. Jono, you look very beige. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't. It's he had a lovely shade. Jacket is on straight out there. Start. Um, I, f- I think you'll find it's an autumnal palette. <laughs> it is quite autumnal. It's quite um, like uh, New York autumnal cool guy. See, that's what it's called. <laughs> Rather than your beige poor chat, you. You're a bit vanilla yourself, Sash. <laughs> Phil, What's your favourite colour, grey? Uh, that's a shade, isn't it? No, it's a colour. Um, no, my favourite colour is blue. Um, Phil, you look yep. very smart. You're wearing a blue jacket. Yeah. I am, Was yes. it because you knew it was Sash's favourite colour? That is why. I knew yes. there was something going on. Mm. You didn't notice mm. the jacket, did you? Uh, yeah, no, I just did a little uh, music video thing today and I had to play uh, a leader of Alcoholics Anonymous group, so I wore a jacket. And um, yeah, and you were a bully as well, weren't you? Yeah, real. Shout bully. out to the AA, real yeah. bully. Yeah, shout, shout out. out to the AA. Uh, yeah, I was I was spitting vitriol across um, a closed uh, nightclub. Ran out. What about for the job though? But what? What about for the job? <laughs> um, but yeah, all good, Sash. And um, we'll talk about it later. But I was at Old Trafford. Sash, what happened to you today? Something funny, I hear. Yeah. Oh, the cheek of it. Hey. I had a hole in my trousers and the builders around and it was my butt cheek. Which one? Uh, I think it's on the left. Left. That is your better one. I'm not going to throw away the trousers though because they're very comfortable and they're an in-house trouser, you know? As long as... I mean, well, there aren't guests. You know, you've got pants, it wasn't you pants on, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think if you know anything about the women's anatomy, which hopefully you should because you are married. But You're um... just wearing crotchless tracksuit bottoms. <laughs> That's what it was actually, wasn't it? Hello, builders! <laughs> um, I actually had a more embarrassing thing happen to me at work where I went out to the pub and um, the day before I was in work and I was in a dress and I had some makeup on because I was going for dinner with some friends and then the day after I was really quite hungover so I went in with no makeup on looking like a sleeping bag 
And one of the young men in my company went, this is the Sasha I can relate to. I don't know the Sasha from yesterday. I was like, so you're trying to tell me that the Sasha that you know just looks like a pile of every day Mm. and the one where I kind of have my life together. You're like, I don't know her. She tried too hard. Real shit. Great. Harry, how are you? I'm all right, thanks, Sash. Yes, just life. Went to a Fat Boy Slim gig on Saturday night. Did oh, you? Where, where, where? In Birmingham. Oh, was it good? It was very good. It was um, very much uh, my age and above crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as you'd expect. 45 or old and above? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, no, that's Phil's age. What's a um, But yeah, it was, it was very fun. And that's all I've really got to say. I felt like my age, which wasn't amazing, which watch I didn't think I would do. How did you feel on the Sunday? Uh, not not that bad. Okay, not that bad. It's all right. You know how much he charges an hour? Because my housemate had to book him recently at Printworks. Well, I'd imagine. Go on. Well, yes. Bear in mind the tickets were like thirty-seven pounds okay, each. Okay, okay, okay. So per hour, yeah. God, uh, one hundred grand. No, he's not. One hundred grand an hour. No, he's on. We also talk about football on this podcast. Yeah! Let's have a look at the week that fully was many, many moons ago. Game week 11. Gentlemen, if you can remember, what in the world happened? Top scorers, please. Well, Phil went all the way to Old Trafford, courtesy of producer Tom's favouritist treatment. (laughs) Got the old eye test underway. Not just Man United this time in Liverpool. Was it Liverpool you saw last time? Uh, Did you see the 5-0? No, I, on TV, Harry, yeah. Oh, right. Not in person. Sorry, I just wanted to remind you again. But you went to a different game. <laughs> Everton, that was it. Yes, My team, and we drew team. with you. Yes. Makes us look quite feeble now. Anyway, Man City destroyed you. Up yep. close and personal, full got with it. Um, complete annihilation. The biggest 2-0 there's ever been in Premier League history. <laughs> um, and, uh, yes, top scorer of the game, of course, came from that very game. And team Man City. And it was the flying fullback, Jao Cancelo. Arguably the most improved player. I don't hate the most improved as a, like, a term. Mm. It's always what you used to give to like the average player in your football team growing up. Well, producer Tom got annoyed by this. But yeah. I just think like he wasn't great when he first came to the Prem. He was no, he won. He won. He didn't ever. He not, now, <clears throat> he's, now he's in every single week. Oh. Anyway, um, he's going from strength, strength to strength. Uh, he got 14 big ones, two assists. Clean sheet, all the BPSs, right foot, left back, woof, woof, woof. Uh, third most transferred player in the game. And did I start him? No. <laughs> 14 points on my bench. No one was rested that week. Thank you, please. <laughs> I started him. Yeah, well done. That makes Everybody did. Everybody did. What about surprise packages? Quite a few this week, Sash, including Ben, the cycling goalkeeper Foster at the Emirates with 11 points, getting some very good footage for his GoPro after saving Orba's pen. Rico Henry of Brentford and Isaac Hayden of Newcastle both hit double figures for their combined 1.6% of managers. However... My super little surprise package for game week 11 is that super little Spaniard at the London Stadium, Pablo Fornells. Yes, West Ham ain't bad at all these days, but did anyone really expect him to rack up 12 points against Klopp's rampant Reds? No. No, they didn't. Many managers saw Ben Rama and benched Antonio for the tricky fixture, but for the 2.2% of managers that had Pablo in their teams, we'll be enemigos! <laughs> Moise's magic men march on. 
Wolfham United. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Phil, it's only downhill from here. Uh, talk to us about your big, tiny flopper. Yeah, you have missed it, Sasha. It's not going to be a Man United player this week. <laughs> okay, it might be. I mean, Bruno and Ron did nothing again. Uh, and despite the embarrassment, as you said at the top of the show, seems Oli lives to fight another day. Somehow, um, I did consider Kane and Orson for their dual blanks versus an out-of-form Everton after the resurgence of interest following Conte's return to the Prem. However, my big flopper for Game Week 11 goes to uh, a very good player from a very informed team who has immense FPL pedigree and got a lot of Twitter traction in the build-up to their tasty-looking home fixture. This guy once got consecutive FPL season scores of 205 points. Yeah, it's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, £10.1 million forward, who's still only 5.7% owned, to be fair, returned a proper floppy minus one against Watford after missing his pen and still playing 90 minutes. Ouch. Sorry, Oba. You're floppier than Hugh Grant's hair in Notting Hill. Cheers. Big shouts then, please, gentlemen. Um, Harry, we will start with you. This is... If there's ever, like, a big shout to summarise how my big shouts go, <laughs> this is it. Adam Ola-Lookman got a place in my heart because he played very well for Everton and he should be magnificent and you know knocking on the England door it's just not worked out yet he scored and it's ruled out for VAR so he got two points so nearly seven he celebrated like it was seven but it was two <laughs> and, that, and that's my big shout journey Phil um yeah I think my guy did even worse to be fair Harry uh, Michael Elise he got 10 minutes on the pitch. And I was really beginning to like Patrick Vieira as well. But yeah, a bit annoyed about that. But what can you do? Vanilla ice? <laughs> <laughs> Vanilla ice. Um, I'm not going to lie, Sash. <laughs> I'm getting very close to saying the I word. <laughs> because <laughs> oh, no. I've had another big return. And old consistency is key. Form is temporary. Class is permanent over here. And my big shout of Jared Bowen got nine points. Two assists. He exceeded my expectations. An XP of eight and he got nine. Um, but yeah, the I word is on its way. Love that. Remind me to call in sick that week. <laughs> the Listeners League. Harry, where are we at? Well, top scorer for this game week is a tie between Tanya Robinson and Mohamed Maksud, both scoring a belting 73 points. Well done to you two. Honourable mention goes to friend of the show, former panellist James Mortimer, Ugh. whole yacht of love, scored 72 <laughs> points. It's a good name. It's a good name, isn't it? Phil gives him a lot of grief because he had only like football for like five minutes. Anyway, he's doing well. Well done, Jamesy. Still top of the table, though, is Ola Hovda, but he's not out of reach just yet. There is hope for the rest of us. Outside of the top 10k, Daniel Francis Swaby is about 25k in the world at the moment. So and they're all within 100 points of us, guys. So it ain't done till I have a sing song. Anyway, <laughs> if you fancy giving yourself a chance of shout out, then you'll need to join our listener league so we can see how you're getting on. The code to do that is Otkune. O-T-C-U-N-E. 
Georgia drivers take pride in their cars because your car is important to you. It gets you back and forth every day, helping you connect with family and friends, getting you to work, to the store, and the football game. Protect the vehicle that protects you with dependable coverage from an insurance company that's known for keeping its promises. Georgia Farm Bureau Insurance, right here in your community. Learn more at gfbinsurance.com. Hot Topics. It's time for some hot topics then, gentlemen. And first up, we are going to have a chit-chat about Harry Kane and whether he is truly back in FBL after his perfect Hattie versus Albania. Phil. I just love that you said Hattie. Great. Well, you wrote it in. I know, I know. I just really wanted to hear you say it. Uh, oh. I don't know. I mean, it was a great hat-trick, um, left foot, right foot header. And we all know how good Harry Kane is. I mean, let's just have a look at his stats very quickly, Sash. Like last year, 242 FPL points. The guy can be a machine. Looking at Spurs' fixtures coming up uh, pretty soon, they're looking pretty tasty. I think the next few games look quite nice. So Spurs have got coming up, Leeds at home. Burnley away, Brentford at home, Norwich at home, Brighton away, Leicester away. So, a whole lot of green. There's a whole lot of green and kind of grey going on. Um, he is, I think, like 7% owned. He's still very expensive. But there's no way that Harry Kane isn't going to end up with at least 15 Premier League goals this season. So, I really think, especially because he's under 10% owned at the moment, have a think about getting into your teams, I would say. Um, yeah, he had eight shots against, um, who were they playing? Georgia? No. Albania. Eight shots against Albania. Obviously, three of the goals had the assist as well. Um, and he just he just looked like a bully again, didn't he? I think the biggest thing about that was his performance and the way he was holding himself. I mean, when he plays for England at the moment, you'd never think, you'd never uh, believe. He's the same guy. Yeah, you'd never believe the, the lack of form he's got in the Premier League. Mm. Um, but it's not. It's still not reflected, uh, you know, against Everton, he had two shots, both of which were blocked and created one chance. Son had no shots whatsoever. So, still not clicking there. Um, He's gone up in price. But, yeah, I think He's because everyone... Yeah, and no, I think a lot of people did the transfer from yeah. Ronaldo to him or Vardy to him very early on uh, to beat the rise. Um, the thing for me is, I will be trying to get one of them in this week, him or Son. Um, I think the, the new system with Conti will work. That run of fixtures is too enticing to not have one of them. Mm. And as Phil said, they're both still quite, uh, you know, have a small ownership. And I think you can see a nice increase, a nice uh, rise in your rank if you do jump on them early. Um, I don't know, how are you two? Who would you pick out? If Say you had a structure that was flexible either way. Would you go Kane or some? Well, I d- funny you should say that, John. I do have a structure that's flexible. <laughs> oh, hello. Kane's on, Kane's on I'm, you know, I've got, I've got nearly Flexible three mil in the bank, mate. So it's a big question. I'm, I am seriously considering Harry Kane, but I have a, I have a fear about not owning Ronaldo. Like real fear. Um, Is there a world where you could have both? No, 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 no. Not that flexible. No, I'm not that flexible. <laughs> I mean, I also don't want to take those points hits. I'm, I'm yeah. just not doing that. But um, I think I'd, I think I'd go for Kane. I think. The way that Conte plays, I think that he'll encourage Kane to play further forward. Um, I think I, I think they'll start. 
I think they hit the ground running. I really think that they might pummel Leeds, mm. give them a right old battering. Mm. Um, so I would go for Harry Kane if I was you, John. Since we last spoke, there are new managers at Villa, Newcastle and Norwich. Does potential new manager bounce bring any of their budget assets back into play? Phil, what do you think? Um, yeah, really interesting kind of merry-go-round. Dean Smith left Villa and now he's at Norwich. Farker's gone, Gerrard's in, Eddie Howe's in, which I'm sure, Harry, I want to talk about. Um, yeah, I think maybe for Villa could be good. They got a lot of attacking players in in the summer to replace Grealish. Hasn't quite worked for them. But yeah, Danny Ings, potentially worth looking at again. Buendia, could this be a turning point for him? He is a very classy operator, Buendia, but obviously been lacking in confidence uh, since his big money move. Um, and, you know, Leon Bailey, again, super budget in terms of he's hardly got any uh, ownership at the moment. Let me say, looking at Buendia, he's got 1.1% ownership at the moment. So of the three, I would say for me, I'd look at Villa. Obviously, you've got classics like Martinez, Superman from last season, uh, Ollie Watkins as well. Mm. So I would definitely have a look at Villa um, in terms of that new manager bounce. Obviously, Gerrard's coming from Rangers where he, he's won the league and kind of ripped, ripped things up up there. So it's not going to be as easy in the Prem, but they've got Brighton at home, Palace away. They've got Man City at home. They've got Leicester at home, Liverpool away. So not the easiest set of fixtures, but of those three teams, I would say Villa in terms of FPL, probably their assets, the best ones uh, to look at. I really like the look of the the Newcastle boys. Um, you've got that that lovely little menage a trois, <laughs> Vedi Howe, Callum Wilson and Ryan Fraser back together. Um, but Ryan scored... Fraser fell out of favour. All right, let's, let's sorry, just go... to, sorry, to, sorry to just dampen on it. Let's just go back in time. <laughs> Wilson scored 67 goals and got 31 assists in 167 games under Howe. Wow. Fraser had 24 goals and 33 assists, respectively, in 208 outings. Mm -hmm. And in that 2018-29 campaign in the Premier League, the two of those players linked up for 12 goals, breaking a Premier League record at that time. Son and Kane have since then broke that record as well. Um, That excites me. I'm excited by some lowly owned players coming in, shaking up the system a bit. They're playing a Brentford side this week. Brentford have got more defensive injury issues. They've not kept a clean sheet in the last six. Raya being out has really affected them. The new keeper is not up to scratch, as Harry knows. And um, <laughs> I really think Callum Wilson this week is, is a top contender for a transfer in. I would look at uh, some Maxman, mm-hmm. uh, not Ryan Fraser. Um, and... Wilson. They'd be they'd be ones I'd consider. Maxman's well priced. Um uh, it's just if Callum Wilson stays fit and he's so unpredictable. I just don't yes, he scores when he plays a lot, but I just don't I don't trust him to just suddenly pick up an injury and then he's out of the match day squad and there's nothing you know about it. Mm. And and that's that's a pain in in the backside. So uh I'm not gonna go that way, but Brentford are worrying. Um, they could get dragged into the dogfight yeah, because the because the way the defence has gone with the new keeper, it's um, it's it's atrocious to lose to Norwich at home. It's just been it's been really bad. It's been and they got battered by Burnley, didn't they? It's um, Pookie had a party again. Pookie had the party. So yeah, I would uh, I'd consider them, but um, you know, Pookie party maybe four point one percent owned, five point eight mil. He's got Southampton at home, Wolves at home, Newcastle away. Same amount of points away. as Ivan Tony. Well, there you go. Well, for a mil, che- for a mil cheaper mm. and 
might score some more goals. Yeah. Phil, sorry to say this, but um, <laughs> Man United are clearly struggling. Uh, is it time to ditch all of your Red Devil assets? Um, Colonel Mustard, let's come to you first. <laughs> Um, no, they're playing Watford. I don't think it's a, it's, so. It's a week. I don't think it's a week to buy, but it's not a week to sell for me. Um, their fixtures are rough, though, John. Like, hang on, they got Chelsea away, well, then Arsenal home, but then, but then it's green again. But then, it's, yes, but well, you say it, this. Palace always do a number on you, yeah, and they're better than ever. Yeah. And yet, yeah, don't get me wrong. You're not going to bench Ronaldo. It's too much money on your bench. <laughs> but you know, your little. Your little green ones here and there. I'd honestly, in these next three games, I don't fancy United's chances. If he doesn't beat Watford, do you think he'll go? Yes. Do you? It has I, I, it, that that it, it has that has to be it. It has to be it. And then get Ranieri in. Because imagine, <laughs> ima- like in this current setup, Chelsea are going to absolutely mm. not. They're going to give you a hiding. Don't oh, flirt no. with me, Harry. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I think this is genuinely last chance saloon. Um, it what United did not lay a glove on City. It was so embarrassing. It was quite enjoyable towards the end. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think Greenman's obviously not played internationally, so he will be fresh. And Oli does love him. Um, you know, I don't think right off Bruno just because he's still creating a lot of chances. Mm. Um, Pogba's now out. So in a weird way, Oli's selection headaches with Pogba just out the picture. There might be a bit of continuity going on. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, you can't really write off Ronaldo. I'm going to keep him for the Watford game um, and then see how he goes. I think, it, yeah, if you've got Ronaldo, keep him, see how Kane does against Leeds, and then you can make a decision. But, uh, yeah, don't ditch him just yet. But it is a worrying time to be a Man United fan. Let's have a look at the burning questions for game week 12. First up, Liverpool versus Arsenal on SNF. Which players are we backing to shine in this lovely looking clash? Phil. Well, yeah, it's um, it's a really interesting game now, this, because, I mean, why in the clock's about six weeks? You'd be like, ha! But Arsenal are looking really fresh, really vibrant. Um, they're picking up points, clean sheets. Ramsdale looks great. ESR looks great. Saka's not looking great, which is killing me inside because <laughs> I've had him for like three or four weeks. Um, but yeah, this game looks really, really good. We've talked about Mo and TAA a lot in the last few weeks, quite rightly, because they've both been unreal. Salah picked up uh, quite rightfully the uh, October Player of the Month in the Prem. Uh, Mane, we talk about him quite a lot. It looks like he's got a 75% chance of playing, so keep an eye on that. As well as Henderson as well. As well as Henderson. Well, remember, Firmino's out. Out, out, out. Yeah, Serious is, hammy yeah. and string. So that's... So hammy and string? Hammy and string. Hammy and string. Hammy for... He's going to be out for a couple of months. Yeah. So that's a whole Jota Jota you should have in your... Yeah. All of the Jota, but also... What about Origi? Oh, Divock for that... Oh, that 4.9 mil? Yeah. Oh, dear, yeah, oh, dear. True. And that lovely goal... But I don't think he's going to play consistently enough. He's still going to be a bench warmer. Klopp doesn't like him, according to the Liverpool fans. What? He's what? not In a what big way? fan. Ah, uh, um, see. But did I mean, you come... have Ox play higher up? No. Well, maybe. But come um, uh, African Cup of Nations, that's when you are Rigi. True. True. But is is ESR like right now? Is he? Is he just? I'm you play- stupid I'm, not to have him. I'm playing ESR. Yeah. 
I'm playing it. So I foolishly thought I'd brought in Conor Gallagher last week. Got really excited by him scoring a goal. <laughs> and then, thankfully, I brought in ESR instead. Oh, so he scored oh, anyway. Okay, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think Gallagher got more because he got bonus points. But anyway, that made me very happy. Mm. ESR, I'm keeping him in. I think they'll score. And I think he could be the one to uh, be a big part in it. Mm. So I'm a Ramsdale owner. Ooh. Um, oh, but I'm also a steel owner. And as we know, Sanchez got his red card. It won't yeah. be playing this week. And Brighton have got Villa. So I think Steel might be starting for a Think about those save yeah. points though. Remember when with Martinez last season, you'd True. think True. like they got peppered, he's got loads of save points. And so I mean Liverpool have if you think they'll pepper th- they've not uh, blanked yet this season. Oh, scored think, in every game. I, I think they'll I think they'll oh, I don't know. Could be 0-0 then. <laughs> I, th- I honestly think this will be enough. I think Ramsdale is the keeper to have, and I'm so annoyed that I chose that that rubbish Brentford keeper instead of him. I can't even remember his name. Is that Fernandez? <laughs> I can. Next up, let's have a look at West Ham away versus Wolves. Are the Hammers and their assets the real deal? Do you think, Harry? Yes, four nails. Wow. Get him in your team. I'm really thinking about it uh, for Damari Gray. They've scored the most goals from set pieces in the league, certainly from corners. He's on corners. Oh, what a player. Well, I just can't believe he's scoring so many points. Bowen, oh, I love him because he's from Shropshire. <laughs> ben Johnson, 3.9 mil. What a goal as yeah. well. Um, and he's getting the nod over Sufal at the moment. He so, is, yeah. I mean, I mean, probably isn't 3.9 anymore, but he was. He's up to four. He's up to four. Up to four. But yeah. anyway, still a huge value. Yeah. And uh, he can obviously produce an attacking return. So, I mean, triple up of them if you can. But um, wow. Antonio, I mean, I'm not going to get rid of him because his threat is just so large. And yes, yeah. okay, he assisted the assist a couple of times. But I think um, I think if uh, West Ham had been better at finishing, then he might have got a couple of assists out of the Liverpool game. Um, so Such yeah, a menace, isn't he? I, I think I think four nails and Antonio some real great options. The only problem with Ben Johnson is they don't keep very many clean sheets. Mm. Also, Jared Bowen. In the last six game weeks, only Mo Salah has a higher expected goal involvement than Bowen, wow. uh, which is showing just how involved he is in West Ham's attacking play and how big the chances are that are coming his way. Yeah. Maybe it's because they're playing him for the full 90 minutes now. Well, look at yeah. this. Antonio, 47.8% owned. Ben Rama, 30%. Then Bowen and Fournals, combined ownership, 4.4%. Wow. Yeah. And Bowen is That's criminally sickening. underpriced at 6.3. Yeah. Started at 6.5. Um, didn't. Didn't set the ground running. So um, what you're saying is, get Bowen in. Bowen or bust? Bowen or bust, baby. Okay. It's a BB thing. Finally then, Man City at home versus Everton and looking very good. But is it only their defenders that we should continue to look at, though, in FPL? Oh, no. Gabriel Jesus. I think his record against Everton is he scored like three goals for every game he's played against them or something okay. like that. So, um, oh, Je- Jesus... I mean, he's definitely he's, he's definitely almost a goal a game. A three was an exaggeration, but I don't know why. He just loves playing against us, and I think they're going to have a riot. So um, that's that. I would I would consider Jesus Jazzos Jazzos. Um, I think Grealish is injured again. He's one of those little rogue flags. Is he injured? Is he though? Oh, is he just doesn't fancy San though? Marino on a Tuesday night, Monday night. Oh, yeah. Um, who else we got looking Foden's starting every game doesn't matter who it's for he'll start playing for other teams soon he'll put a good team out against Everton I think he I think that's um, one that really matters because he's still bitter from the 4-0 demolition under Koeman it was interesting to see uh, Bernardo Silva play that false nine um, role my God he's good in the uh, the flesh 
Yeah. He is just outrageous. And there was a guy who I interacted with on FBL Twitter, and he was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm putting Bernardo Silva in. I went, good luck, you're brave. And then as soon as the final loss went, I tweeted him, <laughs> like, mate, fair play. I still think, though, Sass, Cancelo and Diaz are the most appealing. Just Diaz. because I, I do. I just think in terms of who Pep trusts, uh, and I think their defence is so much better than anybody else's. Um, I hear what you're saying about Jesus. Um, again, Foden in the flesh. Wow, it was quite a privilege to see how good he is. He glides around the pitch. John Stones um, is going to get the nod, though, right? Because uh, Laporte had that howl of a game. Mm. And I feel like he's just going to be banished forever. Yeah, potentially. But yeah, Diaz. Again, maybe it's because I, I, I just feel like Diaz is so impressive. And it's just not for one second that I think United were going to do anything. And I was like, ugh. Um, but yeah, for me, still Cancelo and Diaz would be my top two City picks. But we'll see how Jesus does against the Toffees. Georgia drivers take pride in their cars because your car is important to you. It gets you back and forth every day, helping you connect with family and friends, getting you to work, to the store, and the football game. Protect the vehicle that protects you with dependable coverage from an insurance company that's known for keeping its promises. Georgia Farm Bureau Insurance, right here in your community. Learn more at gfbinsurance.com. It is time for some Team Tinker Corner. Captain picks up first, please. Harry. Mo Salah. I've written something about Ronaldo or Kane, but I'm lying. It'll be Mo Salah. Phil. Ronaldo, away against Watford. Let's go! Uh, I think it'll be Salah as well, Sash. What about formation choices, Phil? No point asking me this anymore. 3-5-2 for the listener. Yeah. I am 3-4-3. That does include Smith-Rowe. And Damari Gray. Johnny? I'm 3-4-3 as well. Chooses and snoozes. Phil? Mo, Trent, just about Ron. And now, Connor freaking Gallagher is in. I'm going to leave him in all season because he's really good. Johnny? Mo, Mo. Re-JJ. Oh. Can Che Che. Um, you got a lot. And that's it. There's a lot I want to get rid of, though. Oh, I hate my team. Harry? But four people I don't hate are Concello, ESR, Trent and Mo. Maybe I'll play some of them. Uh, and any chips with that? Nine. No, 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 no chips. No, had way too many. Going on my honeymoon soon. No carbs. Oh, before, before Mauritius. <laughs> Transfer talks, then. In, out, shake it all about. No, we're not talking about Phil's flopper. <laughs> Transfer. <laughs> Who is coming into your side then, gentlemen? Uh, Phil. Yeah. Um, well, I think myself and FPL Indiana, we're going to wait for the international break to finally finish because there's always a rogue injury that happens somewhere. And like I said, even though Greenwood hasn't played, um, I might look at Greenwood to Bernardo Silva. I don't know. That would kill me inside. So right now, Sash, honest answer is I don't know and I might roll it. Harry? I will not roll. Don't do that. Roll over. Although, Jamie Vardy... What? Oh, yeah. He's had a couple of weeks off. Yeah, he has. He's tosh. He's been drivel, hasn't he? Mm. But it's just like him to score against Chelsea. But having, on the flip side of that, having seen him against uh, Arsenal, and they got thoroughly outplayed, I don't think that he's the option at that price point anymore. So it's going to be Kane 
for Vardy, I think. I think I'm going to go all in. But I also quite like the idea of Maxwell Corne. Don't forget mm. about the Corne. Yeah, yeah. Um, or Conor Gallagher, of course, I think, because he could <clears> just <throat> one for all season to leave alone. Jono. Um, there's so many I need to get rid of. Andros Townsend, absolutely flying before I brought him in. Absolute yep. talisman Same. for Everton. Oh, no. Um, you know, drivel since, so he needs to go. Um, drivel? Why are we using this word so much? I'm today? getting word. really worried about my bench. Uh, I mean, I've got Christensen and James. They've been brilliant. And Cancelo. Christensen's going to get benched soon. Livermento's now got a little flag. Wow. My other one's freaking George Williams for Norwich because I thought he'd be a great four-mil asset to have. keep saying George? He's done it again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look at it last Brandon. week. Yes. He, George Same Williams went to school. Yeah. Shout out to George Williams. Two <laughs> weeks um, in a row. <laughs> Big Josh. George. Oh. Yeah, Brandon. Brandon. Um, <laughs> Raph. Uh, Raph, you know, I think he'll stay. Um, worried about his fixtures. But again, I've got Vardy and Ronaldo. I mean, my front line last week, Vardy, Ronaldo and Tony, I think they've got three points between them all. <laughs> um, so one of them's got to go for Kane, I think. Um, who that's going to be, I don't know. Uh, just stop pressurising me, Sash. <laughs> like, i got to go on the record that I don't want to pressure you into anything. <laughs> Phil, on the other hand, in that blue jacket. No. Woo, um, I've spent a lot of time, Joe. Slating everybody in the company. I've ridiculed everyone on the roster. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Trash talk. Trash talks, game week 12. Who or what is going in the bin then, gentlemen, apart from Jono's? Brentford. All of Brentford. All of Brentford. Ivan Tony again. It's his second appearance. And somehow he's still in my team. Somehow. <laughs> well, imagine playing Norwich and losing. Madness. Oh, and his value's gone up. LC 6.7. It's, it's a pyramid scheme. It? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I'm going to earn some more money out of it. But two weeks ago, he's uh, 6.3. He's done nothing since. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, golly gosh. Anyone else? I mean, I feel harsh on the lad, but Bakaya Saka, please do something, mate. Stop stop assisting <laughs> the assists. Please stop it. They're doing this thing now. They're like, go on, ESR, do your thing. I'm like, no. Bakaya, you do your thing as well. Get me some freaking points. Apart from that, I'm pretty chilled. Uh, I've got George Williams on my bench. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 Cancelo can go in the bin too for, for not starting. Yeah, he's class, only. Yep. Johnny? No, it's all love here, baby. Maybe maybe I should go in the bin. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe I didn't want to say it. But... It's a big old bin. I shouldn't blame Cancelo. It's more... I think Sasha tracks his bottoms need to go in the bin by the sound of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, sounds like... In a museum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're from Uniqlo. They're very stylish. Rusty. Um... Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Don't forget, you lovely lot out there, your FPL transfer deadline for game week 12 is 11am GMT on Saturday, the 20th of November. Right, it is time for big shouts. Um, let's start with you, Harry. We've mentioned him already, but let me tell you guys, it's time for the pookie party. Hello. 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 
Way. Just in time for the just Christmas time. season. And we have had some discussions about putting players in after they've scored, but apparently that's irrelevant. <laughs> so I'm going for the old manager bounce. 5.8 mil, 4% owned, new manager, great run of games. They've won a game. They won one. Um, he's going to get 10 goals this season. He's got three already. Excellent value for money. Same amounts of points as uh, as Ivan Tony, except he is basically a million cheaper. That is where I'm going to make some of my money back and put it elsewhere and, you know, not feel bad about benching him if uh, if he plays against Man City. Be all right. XP9. Um, Phil? Yeah, I feel like my choice here is going to really annoy producer Tom, but he'll low-key love it because it's one of his marvellous magpies. It's uh, that brittle man, Callum Wilson. I don't think he's as brittle as Harry makes out. Um, but with Eddie Howe back in town, uh, Callum Wilson is really appealing again to me. And he's 7.3 mil and only 2.3% owned. And they're playing those bunch of lads who are in Harry's bin, Brentford. So he could have a right old time. So I'm going for Mr. Callum Wilson. What's the XP? <sighs> Callum Wilson is going to get me 10 points. Wow. Or whoever oh. beats him. Okay, double digits. Yeah. Um, finally, Bejonce. <laughs> Bejonce. Um, have we had Reggie on? <laughs> Someone hasn't done his homework. Oh, God. It's really hard to track, Sash, yeah. actually. Well, I, I don't think so. I, I thought we'd we put have. him in a dock. Right, I'm going for him. <laughs> okay. Sergio Reggie on, the man that loves a bit of ham at Christmas. Um, five <laughs> mil. <laughs> 9.8% ownership, so he's just in there. Oh, my God. That is but, um, great. Man was flying high up the pitch against Everton. Had a couple of shots, uh, and I can see them trying to do a chill on James, him and his right-wing back counterpart. So I'm going to go with Reguillon. Leeds are not the team that they were last season. Sons, Bamford, and co. So, yeah, I'm going to go XP of clean sheet. 2.6, little assist, 9. It's got 11. I don't think they'll get a clean sheet. Big what, money. Is Bamford Big out? Money. Out. Ah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know for how long, but yeah. Also, just a shout out to a certain player that's back. Yeah. Um, Tarek Lamptey. Sure, he listens. Oh, Tarek Lamptey. Four point four. Playing oop out of position at basically right wing last week. He will have his minutes limited because no one wants him injured. But four point four mil. Mm, the little one naked, indeed. I'll do, I want to do a tiny shout-out because I feel bad. I dissed James Mortimer earlier, but when I saw him the other night, he actually told me, after a few gin and tonics, how much he loves the pod and how much it like envelops him with, with cosiness when he hears us all talking. So, thank you, James. Jay Mortz. Jay Dow. Jay Dow. That's a lovely I know, I should, note I, I, to end on. Yeah, I, I, I FPL Drew. Love here, babies. FPL Indiana. Mm-hmm. FPL Dad Bod. Mm-hmm. Lovely seeing you all. Great seeing you too. What That's... would you be? FPL bum cheek. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And annoyingly, she'll get way more followers so than we would. Yep. yep. <laughs> and that's the misogyny I deal with. Okay. Oh, no. Have a lovely week all. And we will see you next time. Ta-ra. Bye. 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 Jump now. FPL bum cheek. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
On a recent podcast, consumer advocate Clark Howard said the most customer-friendly initiative since Tesla launched its way of buying a new car is now available at driveway.com. We created Driveway to be a convenient, hassle-free online experience that delivers not only new cars, but used vehicles right to our customers' driveways. Our nationwide network with tens of thousands of vehicles is unmatched. And when you buy from Driveway, there's no pressure. That's Driveway, a customer-friendly experience that makes buying your next car easy. Head to driveway.com now. Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. Georgia drivers take pride in their cars because your car is important to you. It gets you back and forth every day, helping you connect with family and friends, getting you to work, to the store, and the football game. Protect the vehicle that protects you with dependable coverage from an insurance company that's known for keeping its promises. Georgia Farm Bureau Insurance, right here in your community. Learn more at gfbinsurance.com. Live from a basement in Dubuque, Iowa. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. 30 minutes from the Field of Dreams and four hours from the closest professional sports team. It's not a lie if you believe it. On the banks of the Mississippi River. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I you. It's the Degenerate Sports Betting Show with Matthew Friedman. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. And now your host, Matthew Friedman. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Freeman, Matt F. The Oracle. Welcome to the Degenerate Sports Betting Show brought to you by Best TV and sponsored by the FTN Network, where you can get all the season long and daily fantasy and sports betting content your degenerate heart desires, including my fantasy football write-ups and all of my NFL sides, totals, and player props. Use the highly original promo code FREEDMAN for 20% off of your FTN subscription. That is FREEDMAN for 20% off at FTN. Thanks for checking out the show. Subscribe to the Best TV channel on YouTube. And please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. All right, it is Wednesday. We have a massive NBA slate tonight. And that means that joining the show to help us break it down is our master of projections in the optimizer at FTN Daily. I'm talking about Kyle Murray. Kyle, welcome to the show. You are the first, second time guest. How does it feel? It feels good. I had to come back. Once Tom mentioned that you're looking for another guest after last Wednesday, you know, I took down 10K right to be on the show. So I had to come back. I'm a pretty superstitious guy. So hopefully that uh, carries over to tonight. Okay. Hopefully it does. Maybe it does. And then uh, you could just come on the show every Wednesday and that would make life easy on producer Tom who wouldn't have to, uh, you know, scrounge the internet to try to find a, a guest. Uh, and also, it's it's great having you on the show, one, because you're knowledgeable. I really enjoyed the conversation we had last time. Uh, you know, had a little bit of, obviously, we talked about the slate, but we also had kind of bigger picture conversation about how it is that you go about your projection process and everything like that. I like having those conversations. But, you know, also, if you're talking, I don't have to prepare anything, which, <laughs> which to me, that is the best. 
that's the best. So we have a big NBA slate tonight, Kyle. Is there a game, one particular game that you have identified as the one that you think offers the best bet on the board? Uh, in terms of best bet, I do think we, we do have to wait on a lot of news. So there's a lot of potential news that I think is going to change the outcome of, of some potential potential games. I, I think the first one is the, the Houston Rockets game. Uh, they're currently only two and a half point underdogs, but Kevin Porter Jr. is questionable and he missed shoot around. He's been one of their better scorers, if not their best scorer so far this season. Uh, the Thunder, you know, aren't an amazing team. I think they're the better team than the Rockets on, you know, at, at full strength. But with Kevin Porter Jr. out, I do think that that would provide a pretty significant uh, advantage there. I know we talked about on the show last time I was with you where I kind of tried to predict Brandon Ingram playing and he ended up not playing, which is a huge bummer. I was really hoping that he would play because I uh, brought that up on this one. But with with Kevin Porter not being a shoot around this morning, that does kind of lead me to thinking that he's not going to play. So whether or not he plays, I think uh, minus two and a half for OKC at home is a pretty solid bet. And then if he were to sit, I think this bet becomes even better. Interesting. So you are looking at uh, OKC at home minus two and a half, especially if Kevin Porter is out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the biggest favorite of the night, the New York Knicks. Uh, how good? How good is this team? And as maybe more importantly, how bad is Orlando? Uh, so Orlando, they haven't really been performing well, but I, I think that they're—I mean, they're three and eleven. But some of the talent that they've had, that they have, I think, is better than what we've seen. Uh, we've seen a real uh, resurgence of Cole Anthony. Uh, he's become not—I don't want to say one of the the better young players in the NBA, but he is really turning a new page, and you know, he's looking more of like a true scorer as well as a good facilitator, which is very impressive. They have a couple of really good big men, uh, really good young big men in Mo Bomb and Wendell Carter. So I think they're a good team. I think they have some some future, but I don't know how good they are right now. Um, as for the Knicks, they went on a little bit of a, of a losing streak there. Uh, they're 5-5 they're five and five in their last 10 games, but they did win their last game after, I believe, starting out 6-1. and one. So that wasn't the, the greatest uh, stretch of games there, but I do think that the, uh, the Knicks are a significantly better team, uh, especially right now. But I... I 12-point favorites, I don't feel great about it. Last time we were on the show, I also said that I felt the Magic could cover 10 points, or I think I said 11 points at home against the Nets. That didn't pan out either. Um, but I, I think that they have a better chance to cover against the Knicks here. I think also last show we talked about the Lakers. I, yep. I don't remember if we talked about the Lakers. I think we did. Yeah, we and did. And uh, it might have been the Rockets playing the lakers it was the it was the heat it was the heat yeah. playing there okay yeah that that's right that's right and that that did not work out for me that said i'm still not all that impressed with this lakers team yeah and they're going against the bucks that's a tough matchup now the bucks are favored by eight and a half nine points eight and a half at bed mgm i'm looking right now at our uh our odds page that's the lone eight and a half out there. So if you like the Bucks, I would recommend betting that now. It's nine at all other books in the market. What are your thoughts on that game? Because that to me, like that looks like the big game of the night. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, Buck expected to get Chris Milton back. That's a big boost to their offense and defense. Uh, he's one of their uh, more important players. Obviously, you have Giannis there, which you no know, one's going to be more important than uh, the multi, multi, multi million dollar man. But Chris Middleton is very important to this team, uh, and you can kind of tell that they were missing him. Even when they got Drew Holiday back, uh, still that absence of Middleton was very significant. I do think that – I think nine is probably a good number for this Lakers team uh, or against this Lakers team. 
I just don't think that they are, are very good with uh, LeBron James off the floor. Uh, I, I think Russell Westbrook is a, is a decent individual NBA player, but I don't know if he makes teams better. And especially now with LeBron out, I don't love it here. So I would lean Bucks minus nine in this one. Right. But probably nothing that you are actually betting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we've talked about some of these games here. Uh, the Warriors, uh, they, you know, dominated the Nets last night. Last week, we talked about whether they were back or not. Uh, it seems like they've done nothing but continue to convince us that they are good. How high or or low are you on this team even before we see uh, Clay Thompson return? Uh, yeah, I'm very high. It's hard not to be high on them. I mean, they, they continue to win. And Steph is on a, on MVP pace right now. I mean, the, the guy is doing a lot of things for his team. He's facilitating. He's done some good stuff on the defensive end in terms of rebounding, uh, which he hasn't necessarily been amazing at throughout the course of his career. People kind of bash on him for being a bad defender, but his rebounding and his uh, production in the steals category have been pretty impressive this year. And then obviously we know what he's going to do on the offensive side. He's almost unguardable because no matter where he's at, he can make any kind of shot at any time. So um, yeah, it, it's hard not to be, high on uh, high on them right now especially kind of considering who they're going to get back and i know last week we talked about jordan Poole and how i, I really like the resurgence that we've seen out of him but now we've seen lottery pick jonathan kaminga return to the team he was in the g league for the, the early parts of the season he's not really going to be a massive part of the rotation it doesn't seem this year but uh, over the past few games his minutes have continued to creep up i know last night was a blowout so that's probably why he got out there a bit more but i mean if he's going to turn into some uh, significant role player this is a guy who has was kind of touted as a prospect that has you know multiple uh, different ways to contribute to the game on the offensive and defensive side as a, as a big man with some skills uh, on the perimeter. So if they add him as well with with Clay Thompson. I think this team is going to be very very dangerous. And the fact that they're doing all of this without Clay, it just only shows that this team is very dangerous. Now, as you are aware, I know nothing about basketball. I I do however know how to do a little bit of research and then uh try to pretend as if i know a little bit about what i'm talking about so that leads me to this the chicago bulls they're a pretty good team especially against the spread a league best 10 and 4 against the spread they're playing on the road as underdogs tonight against the portland trailblazers uh underdogs of one and a half points i don't know but am i am i missing something in terms of like injury news are the trailblazers actually this good? Cause I would, I would think that this is uh, a spot where the bulls should be bet on. Um, yeah, I completely agree that uh, Nikola Vucevic is, is still out for the bulls. Um, they're starting center, but um, other than that, there's not a ton of news. Like we have seen uh, Dame miss a couple of games. He's actually questionable for this one. Uh, he, sorry. He missed one game. He missed uh, the game. I believe it was two games ago against Denver. He did come back and play 40 minutes. So sounds like he's fine. Um, but I still think even without Vucevic here, I just don't think Portland is that great of a team. Um, you have uh, Norman Powell, who's also questionable for the Trailblazers, who I believe has been their third leading scorer on the team. Uh, he hurt his ankle last game, so it sounds like he has actually more of a chance to sit than uh, Dame does. But, I mean, Vuce is the only injury news, but other than that, like even with him out, I still agree. I think that this is a, a good money line and a good bet on the spread here. Okay, well, we should just end the show there because I, I said something that didn't seem uh, totally stupid. Kyle, I mean, a massive slate with all of these games on the board. Uh, we talked about some of them. Are there other games we haven't talked about that really stand out to you? 
Uh, the Dallas one, it obviously with Luca out, this team, obviously they're eight-point underdogs on DraftKings right now. I, I think that number's probably pretty good. The Suns have been pretty underwhelming from what they what we saw last year. Uh, last year, they were the best team in, in, in basketball defensively. This year, they've been about, I think they're in the top 12 in defense efficiency, uh, top 10 to 12, depending on kind of where you look. But I still think that eight and a half at home, it's a big spread. I think the Suns can cover here with no Luka. I mean, we, we kind of talked about this last week where we said if Luka were to have a bad game, how can this team kind of recover, right? And Luka didn't necessarily have a bad game against Chicago last week, but Chicago covered that spread. And this team without uh, the Suns is going to be led by Porzingis and Jalen Brunson and Tim Hardaway. We're all fine players. Porzingis ha- actually has been performing much better this year with Luka off the floor than he was last year. Uh, he was very bad with Luka off the floor last year. Obviously, it's a, a small sample this season, but eight and a half for a team that was in the finals last year, I don't mind uh, against a team without their best player. Yeah, that intrigues me. Suns at home going, yeah, uh, I have to. I'm going to make myself a note here in the outline because I, I have to bet that. I mean, I hate betting against the Mavericks. The same time, as a Mavericks fan, I sort of love betting against the Mavericks <laughs> when they're without their best player. Uh, all right, so you mentioned the Suns at home yeah that looks that looks like a mash spot anything else really catch your eye in particular on this slate uh yeah the uh the sacramento and minnesota over i, I think i like the over here 227 is where the number's at on DraftKings right now looking at it it is the highest on the board currently by a pretty good amount uh i think by like seven or eight points but both these teams are top five in pace uh sacramento is also bottom 10 in yeah, bottom 10 in defensive efficiency. And Minnesota was one of the better defensive teams early on in the season uh, for the, through the first like three or four games, which I know that's a long time ago now, but they were uh, top three in defensive efficiency. They've quickly fell back to closer to where they were last year. They're 14th in defensive efficiency this year. So both teams uh, either near the, the league average in defensive efficiency or in Sacramento's case, bottom 10, but they're both playing top five in terms of pace. So I'm expecting a lot of possessions and a lot of scoring opportunity here. I have two games I want to ask you about. The first is the Nets, and then the second is the Heat. Both of those teams at home. The Nets played last night, absolutely got destroyed. They're on the second night of a back-to-back. They're favored by almost 10, favored by 9.5 at home. I mean, on the one hand, it seems like, okay, this could be a decent bounce-back spot going against a Cavaliers team that, I I mean, I don't think they're that good, but at the same time, it's a back-to-back, and nine and a half points is a that's a pretty I mean, that's a large amount of points to have to, to have to cover on a back-to-back. Do you have thoughts on that game? Yeah, so I actually think that the fact that they got blown out last night helps them tonight because obviously a lot of their guys weren't playing the the massive minutes, and Cleveland's missing I think four of their preseason or their opening night starting five. Colin Sexton, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, and Laurie Markin are all out. Um, they are going to get Kevin Love back tonight, potentially. Uh, he's probable. But, I mean, they have been, they've been babying Kevin Love's minutes for years, so I don't expect him to play a ton of minutes. And even if he did, I don't know if he'd be a major impact. So this team, without their number four overall pick, Evan Mobley, without Jared Allen, who's been probably their best player, without Colin Sexton, who's been their best scorer, and without Laurie Markman, um, I, I still think the Nets cover here, and I think that would probably be the the good bet. Okay, interesting. All right, so the Heat. Uh, the Heat are one of the best teams in the league against the spread, 10-4 and four against the spread, going against a Pelicans team. Uh, the Heat are at home. 
the Pelicans, I mean, I, I don't think they're that impressive. What are your thoughts on this game? Eight is a decent amount to cover, but I, I just I have no respect for the Pelicans. Uh, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with that. I think the thing that's tricky is that um, if you find yourself betting Heat minus eight and then one of or both of Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo are ruled out, then you're really kind of just caught with your uh, with your pants down there. So I don't know uh-huh. if I would want to lean there. Uh, so this is probably a stay away unless we get news for me. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I feel like we've hit on a lot, a lot of the games on this slate. Um, any others that you want to talk about? Um, Charlotte and, uh, and Washington. I mean, Charlotte's been a team that I've been kind of higher on all year than it seems the, the public. Uh, we do have a couple of injury news where, you know, Gordon Hayward's on the injury report, but he's probable. Um, it does sound like Bradley Beal is going to return. He missed two games uh, after being, uh, you know, dealing with uh, some with a loss in the family, but he's going to be back. So I just think that all in all, with, with both these teams pretty much at full strength, uh, except for PJ Washington being out for for Charlotte, and then Rui Hashimura being out for Washington, who we haven't seen this year. I think Charlotte's just a much, much better team, um, and that might sound ridiculous considering the Wizards are ten and three and currently uh, have the best or the best record in the Eastern conference, but uh, the Charlotte Hornets, I just think are the better team. And I, I think that maybe the Vegas lines are more indicative of the records right now. And obviously early on in the season, things are going to change dramatically. Uh, so just banking on Charlotte being the better team here. I, I think that the, with the line only being minus one is pretty, uh, some pretty uh, value bet there. All right. I believe that last week we talked a little bit about futures, although I I don't remember. Let's be honest. I have a horrible memory. I can barely remember what happened <laughs> yesterday. Uh, although I do remember that I, I lost $101 and we're going to give the $101 away at the end of the show. I do remember that. Uh, never again my betting the puck line on the blues. Anyway, uh, I don't remember if we talked about futures last week, but uh, whether we did or didn't, I want to ask you some questions now. Uh, I'm looking at the futures market at DraftKings. Do you see anything, uh, you know, kind of just generally in the market that stands out to you? I'll say one that stands out to me. Granted, I'm totally uninformed. The Clippers at 19 to one, that feels that feels kind of low because the Clippers still feel like a team that if they get healthy, if they get things right, could be one of the final four teams at the end of the season. Yeah, it does sound like there's optimism around Kawhi being back towards the later part of the season. Um, potentially, if they you know if they make a deep run to the playoffs, he could potentially return. And they've been playing some pretty good basketball. They're nine and five without Kawhi um, so far this season. So I don't hate that. But I mean, it's kind of a similar bet to, to the Nuggets, right? Where you're betting on th- them in their current state, and then they could potentially get Michael Porter Jr. back down the road. They could potentially get Jamal Murray back down the road. Do maybe do something at the trade deadline or something like that. So uh, I think the Nuggets and the Clippers are very similar plays here. Um, I haven't read up on Kawhi in a couple of weeks, so I'm not sure if that has changed. I would recommend probably looking back to see if there's any chance that he does return. Um, But yeah, I think those two bets are the ones that I would probably uh, think have longer odds than they would if these teams are fully healthy. Mm -hmm. All right. So that was a nice way of telling me that I don't know what I'm talking about. Nicely done. Uh, (laughs) Are there any bets that do stand out to you uh, that seem like there's some value there right now. Well, I mean, Giannis is plus 750 to win MVP. Uh, he's kind of been surpassed by Steph and Durant right now. Obviously, Steph has really taken 
the the reins on this one. But I mean, he's the uh, a two time MVP and, and the, the the reigning MVP for uh, no Jokic won last year actually. Sorry, two years ago was Giannis. So with both Jokic and Giannis being either seven fifty and then Jokic at eight fifty, I think there's some significant value there. Um, Jokic is, has been playing some really strong basketball, and with all these guys out around him, Michael Porter Jr. is out for the foreseeable future according, according to the Nuggets, which is very uh nerve-wracking if you're Michael Porter Jr. because he had a back injury coming into uh, draft night when he was uh, dropped down in the draft because of a back injury. So uh, Jokic plus 850 and Giannis plus 750 for, for the MVP. Uh, both of them are either uh, Giannis is third and Jokic is fifth on, on the DraftKings boards right now, and I think that those are probably a bit high. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Okay. I'm looking at player stats, uh, you know, like scoring leader, assist leader, and – not a surprise. Curry uh, is plus 250. Kevin Durant is plus 250. Those are the two leaders right now, followed by Giannis at uh, plus 750 and then Luca at plus 900. Any thoughts on any of those four guys, or do you think that there's maybe someone further down the board who offers some value? Um, further down the board, it's, it's tricky. Um, one thing that's very interesting is seeing like John Morant his number be so high. Like he's in ahead of guys like Anthony Davis and James Harden and Paul George. So that's really interesting and not a bet that I like or anything, but just something that I, I noticed there, but Paul George is someone that I think could be potentially interesting if the, you know, the MVP awards kind of always, always skewed, but with the, with the idea that the winning, the best team in the league is typically going to uh, have the better chance of having the MVP come from that team. So uh, I, I think Paul George is interesting. Yeah. George, I mean, is the scoring leader, He's been. I, I I bet against his prop last night. I bet the under on his prop, and that yeah. really didn't work out for me. I, I think he had hit the over by the third quarter. Uh, it just seems like he is getting so much usage within that offense that the uh, the historical numbers that he's had in terms of like points per minute and the things that you would use to guide your projections in the past. It just seems as if those numbers aren't relevant based on how he's dominating the ball this year. Yeah, I mean that that's true, and things are going to potentially change with some uh, ancillary guys returning. But from the likes of it, right now, it's going to be tough to see him not continuing this role at least for the the temporary future. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, we are twenty minutes into the show. It's time to give the people what they really want, and that is props if you have any, uh, but NBA player props, you mentioned at the top of the show, a lot of news, uh, a lot of uncertainty with injury situations. So that I'm imagining will impact some of the potential props that people would be making. But right now at uh, you know one twenty Eastern, are there any props that stand out to you as uh, especially offering value? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good disclaimer. Just kind of keep in mind that, Things can really change quickly in, in the NBA. But the first number that's popping out to me is Mo Bamba over nine and a half points. Uh, he's averaging over 11 on the season. Um, and the big thing for Mo Bamba has been the minutes. And he's had them this year when he stays out of foul trouble. So if he's going to play anywhere from 28 to 33 minutes, which has kind of been his typical average uh, or range of a- averages this year, uh, I really like this number here. I have him scoring over or right around 14 points. So he's probably my, my number one prop bet right now. That is a massive discrepancy, nine and a half versus 14. Uh, and is it just because of the minutes? Uh, primarily because of the minutes, yeah. Let me let me see where I have 
him and and then the matchup as well. Like the matchup's been been a pretty nice, even though New York's been playing pretty slow and they have had a decent defense. Their matchup against centers have not been as as difficult. Uh, so I have him at 29 minutes. So I I was pretty conservative with the minutes and. Uh, still have him at 14. He's always been a good permanent producer, but there are times where Mobamba can find himself in foul trouble or in scenarios where he'll go out there and get 23 minutes or something like that. But if you place 29 minutes, uh, I have him at you know 14 points, and he scored 14 points in two of his last three games. So uh, he definitely has the upside to hit this very easily. Mm-hmm. So the the main experience I have with creating basketball projections. Uh, has been for college uh, during March Madness. Uh, and, you know, with that situation, you have an entire season worth of data that you can rely on at that point. So there's, I think, a little more certainty in terms of rotations and things like that. But, um, you know, idiot that I am, an experienced guy that I am, I didn't really have, I would say, sophistication built into uh, the projections. They were still good and still, I mean, you could beat the, the prop market uh, in March Madness with these projections, but I didn't specifically take into account um, something that you mentioned there. Like New York has been good overall, but they've been more vulnerable against centers. And so I'm I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about maybe your proje- your projection process or your analytical process of thinking about one guy and the points that you could maybe project but like maybe you should tweak it just a little bit because of this one aspect of the defense that wouldn't be captured if you're looking at just overall defensive numbers. Yeah, so uh, I guess this is going to be a shout-out to one of our tools over on FTN Daily because we have an advanced DVP tool. I I said centers versus the Knicks just because that's kind of easier to describe in my opinion, Mm -hmm. but we actually have a tool that classifies every player as as a particular trait. Sometimes players have several traits, and those traits can then be looked at upon based on how teams perform against players of that trait. You know, I, I think everyone can kind of agree. The NBA, there are positions, but these players do so many different things now to where it's sort of becoming positionless, right? So these traits are important. So at times, uh, teams will allow um, more rebounds than league average. So basically what I do is I'll take uh, the amount of rebounds allowed to a, a specific trait per game uh, by the opposing team, compare it to league average, and I'll apply a, a multiplier to the projection in order to to get a feel for how teams are doing in particular categories, not just overall either in, in terms of fantasy points, but as, as far as categories as well, which has really helped with the props. That is, that's amazing. And so to talk a little bit more at this tool and uh, about this tool, and you said it's at FTN Daily? Yep. Okay, to talk a little bit more about this. Um, is it broken down into... Like you can, uh, you can select the statistic that you are screening for, right? Yep. So, so you can basically select the player. Uh, so shout out to our guy, Steph, who created this tool. Um, you can select a player and it'll give you kind of their, their particular traits and you can click the matchup and then you can see based on the matchup, how teams are doing against, uh, those particular traits. Okay. That is amazing. Can you talk a little bit more about the traits, uh, what some of these traits are and then how it is that we determine if these players actually do have these traits. Yeah. So there are a couple of, so Steph did a lot of this Steph Baccarino did a lot of this and he did ask for some help on it a couple, uh, I think it was like a year and a half ago, right when we were getting ready to launch. So I, I know a little bit about it, but if you guys are curious, I would recommend finding him on Twitter or on discord if you're an FCN sub and if you're looking for more specific answers, but um, from what I know, 
based on what I saw there, like each uh, trait has a baseline number uh, based on a stat, right? So uh, one stat that I think, uh, or one trait that defines this pretty clearly is point forward. So point forward is basically some sort of big man, whether it be small forward, power forward, or center that has a specific assist rate uh, on their team. So point forwards are guys like Bam Adebayo. I believe Anthony Davis qualifies for one like Nikola Jokic qualifies as a, as a point forward because they're big men that provide assists. Um, there's a, a trait called dimer. These are guards that uh, have uh, significant assist rates. Uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but they're each trait has uh, baseline numbers and anybody that hits that requirement gets that kind of trait. There are another trait is superstar, which I think there's like 10 or 11 uh, guys that have that trait. Obviously that's kind of self-explanatory, the the superstar players in the NBA. And that, that's actually pretty helpful. It might not sound like something, but sometimes teams really focus on superstars so they can actually perform much better in terms of limiting superstars than other teams. Uh, and one specifically is, uh, I don't know if they're doing it as well this year, but last year, Portland was a team that was actually very good against superstars because they would dedicate so much attention defensively to top players. So a couple of, a couple of different ways. And I think there's, you know, a handful of other traits. We have, I think at least seven or eight different traits, maybe even more now, but uh, yeah, those traits have basically qualified qualifying numbers that if a player hits those stat project or that those stat uh, historical outcomes based on their current stats, they will uh, kind of be assigned that trait. All right, that is awesome. Everyone should check out that tool at FTN Daily and uh, Mobamba over nine and a half points. I'm going to I'm going to be looking at that one. Definitely going to research that one a little bit on my own. But let's be honest, I will probably put it in the bet tracker and then I will take credit for it when it hits, or I will blame you when it does <laughs> not hit. Uh, Kyle, you do the optimal, the uh, FTN Daily Show where you look at the optimizer, state of the art optimizer. And uh, you've had a lot of success recently. Other guys at FTN have had success using the optimizer. Subscribers have had success with the optimizer. What are you covering on today's optimal show? Yes, we're actually going to be doing some lineup building for tonight's, uh, was it 11 game NBA slate? So Tuesdays and Wednesdays is going to be a lot of NBA stuff uh, while we still have NFL in season. So looking forward to uh, building some MME lineups. Here. We're going to break down how to uh, 150 in NBA and I mentioned this, I think, on last week's show with you, but if you're looking to start an, an MME in any sport, I think NBA is a great place to start just because it's it's a little bit uh, more simplified in terms of a lot of, the, a lot of the rules that you're using. You're not necessarily considering stacks and who you're playing with who a whole lot as much as sports like NFL or MLB. So NBA is a great place to start. So if you're curious, that, that shows for free on Twitter and YouTube every day, uh, Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So, uh, yeah, I'll be over there. All right. Awesome. Kyle, I appreciate it. People can follow you on Twitter at KMERDFS. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us and you have a good rest of the day. Appreciate it. You too. All right. Producer Tom, Thomas Viola, psychic on the controls, connoisseur of pasta, Titan of tomato sauce, uh, bully Joel junkie and long suffering jazz fan. I, I normally read that off. I pulled that from the top of my head, which is, is sad. It's sad that uh, I, I now have that by memory. You uh, know what's sadder than that? Yes. Joe Flacco starting on Sunday for the New York Jets performance art team. I'm back on the bandwagon. We're not a football team. We are elaborate performance art. What what is what is even going on here? That I I don't it's not that I it's impressive, honestly. I don't even have hope for this year. I don't have hope for next year. I don't have hope for the next like three years. I'm already looking forward to the 2025 rebuild that's coming. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It, 
this team will be bad forever. If if someone gave you the option of trading Zach Wilson for let's say next year's number two overall pick, would you no. do it? No. No. First off, there's not really a good quarterback next year. There's mm-hmm. no one screaming out like the the, the the class is a weak class. And second off, it's not gonna matter. It doesn't matter who we have at quarterback. The entire team is terrible. The organization from the top down is terrible. Uh, at least there are no other good New York sports teams. You are charming in your nihilism. All right, Tom, yesterday uh, we had on Chris Meany on the show who uh, in his foolhardiness gave us uh, a play. The full, Blues... full, on, full on blaming Chris here. Yes, uh, I, I have no responsibility uh, for my actions. Uh, the Blues puck line, so to win by more than one and a half goals against the Arizona Coyotes, worst team in the league. I wouldn't say that this felt like a lock, but the Coyotes were one in 10 on the puck line against teams with at least a 500 record. That's They also, they also that's have the, not won two games in a row this season, I don't think. Yeah, so you know, this felt like a pretty, a pretty good option. It did not work out for us. On Twitter, I said that if the Blues did not win by at least two goals, and they lost, if they didn't win by at least two goals, I would uh, give a hundred and one dollars to someone on Twitter if they retweeted the tweet, if they follow me, and if they follow FTN Bets. Tomothy, who is the winner of my $101? Well, they have to follow FTN bets too. Yes, that was that was in the tweet. Yes. All right. I think we're still good. We're still we're good. good. Okay. Our winner is still our winner is still valid. Okay. Who our is con- the winner? Our contest winner by the highly scientific drawing method of a random number generator and scrolling through the retweets. Eli Stevens at Big Eli 173 is our winner of the contest. Okay. So Big Eli 173, uh, come at me on Twitter. Uh, say, like, hey, Friedman, give me your dumb money and, uh, I will slide into your DMs and we will arrange for the transference of my stupid, greasy $101. <sighs> I don't think I'm going to do that again, Tom. I don't think I'm going to, or if I am going to, I'm, I'm not going to do it on hockey. You're going to do it do, on Mo Bamba tonight. If I, if I, if I do it again, it's not hockey. If it is hockey, it's not going to be the blues. If it is the blues, it's not going to be the puck line. <sighs> it, it needs to be a bigger event. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I will say uh, one thing. One thing we talked about on yesterday's show was the futures for the Stanley Cup. The Canes at fourteen to one look pretty pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. I I don't I don't know if you win it with Ranta in goal, but they they look they looked like a complete team last night. I wouldn't know because I did not watch that game. I barely watched the Blues lose, so. <laughs> That's that's just how it is. Okay, let's let's end this. Put me out of my misery, Tom. All right, Matt. Where can we go to find all of the awesome content you're putting out each and every day? 
You can find the work at FTN on Friday. I published the fantasy football breakdown on Thursday, the best bets article on Tuesday, the fantasy football rankings, which I update on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. And all throughout the week in the FTN bets tracker, I'm loading in my NFL sides, totals, and player props. And on Twitter, on YouTube, on your favorite podcast app, and on FTN, you can get daily episodes of the Freeman Fantasy Football Show and the Degenerate Sports Betting Show. And always use the highly original promo code FREEDMAN for 20% off at FTN. All right, that is the show. You can find me and Tommy V on Twitter at Matt F. The Oracle and TV at work. Thanks for joining us and see you next episode. Georgia drivers take pride in their cars because your car is important to you. It gets you back and forth every day, helping you connect with family and friends, getting you to work, to the store, and the football game. Protect the vehicle that protects you with dependable coverage from an insurance company that's known for keeping its promises. Georgia Farm Bureau Insurance, right here in your community. Learn more at gfbinsurance.com. When you hear about opioid overdoses, you probably don't realize half of the nation's overdoses happen in the exact same spot. It's happening right at home. Georgians are accidentally dying in their own homes because people don't understand the dangers of taking an Oxy or Perk for sleep, stress, or with a glass of alcohol. Learn how to protect your family from opioid overdose at opioidresponse.info. This message is brought to you by Georgia DBHDD. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. Yes, a strong new tune. on eBay this holiday season to get more for your dough on stand mixers mm. or get more for your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear and on eBay you can even get more <gasps> bling for less cha-ching on jewelry you can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals get more when you get it on eBay At Georgia Power, we're investing in infrastructure to ensure a more resilient power grid, creating a balanced mix of hydro, solar, and nuclear energy, all while installing high-speed EV charging stations across the state and keeping your bill well below the national average. Because we know that the carbon-free energy Georgia needs to prosper tomorrow will come from the tireless energy we put in our communities today. Georgia Power. Powering tomorrow. Today. In my fridge, still I'm not feeling great. Been a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to go. Here we go. Alright, 
what's going on, everybody? I am the one, the only, the W-O-O-K-I-E. This week, we're joined by Mr. Sheep, Dr. Sheep. Yes, I'm a sheep. Yes, he's a sheep. He's a mister or doctor. We got Jupiter here this week. I'm back from my interplanetary um, taskings with Harlan. So, yeah. I was going to say, is that what they're calling it nowadays? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we got Drazcore. Hey, guys. How's it going? And I, I don't even know. We got we got we got Ewok. Hello, Keyforge community. I, I miss you all. I wanted to say he's back, but like, I'm not going to. It's just not going to happen. But he's with us here. Yeah, I was going to I was going to let him say uh, words. I, I am here. I am present. Yeah. So, That's too many yeah, words. You're welcome. Too many words. Well, you're going to hear a lot more words tonight. So I missed you all. And man, I've been screaming at you all from a distance while listening. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. there's a lot that we have to chat about, boys. Except for last week, because it's just like um, cheerleader cheering you're doing for us. um, No, probably. There's no no cheering for you. Let's be very honest. Probably yelling. Ah. You fools. (laughs) <laughs> nobody actually, wants the, that actually the amount of times that i've been mowing or in the car going to work and i have to like if i'm mowing i actually have to turn off, like turn off the mower pull to the side and like type 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 frantic type 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 it, it doesn't go to you but you know it's all here um because i was gonna say where are you typing figure. oh I, I do that it's a good way to actually vent and okay. then not to share it um it's like typing don't you just get a voice boss, and then you just don't go yeah, you should just recorder. get a voice recorder. Wouldn't that be easier? No, yeah, no. Yeah, no. And then I could put it on the show. It's just, like that. We could have a segment where Ewok just ran, Ewok rants. No, no. In, in all honesty, it's great to be back. Uh, soccer season finished at the end of October for both of my littles. So I was coaching my littlest, Emery. So shout out to you, my dear. Um, and our team finished just straight in the middle 500. So awesome job with six young ladies and three little boys. And um, just having a blast there. Then my oldest was running practice twice a week, and she rolled up right after um, Halloween. So we went in the first week of November, and then I had conferences as a teacher. Mm. So that was a lot of fun. So please, 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 if you haven't gone to conferences, treat your teachers well. That's all I'm going to say. And I haven't uh, been, I, I haven't been to conferences yet. Okay, I was also going to make the joke after you. My second is show up for conferences. Yeah. Gross. Well, ours haven't started yet, so I will show up. But I was just gonna say, just uh, like uh, like daddy, like daughter, just like Ewok's Keyforge career, mediocre. Why? <laughs> why, are you, why are you attacking me, friend? We're the two that haven't done anything that's memorable, and I did lots of memorable things. No, hold on. I've done lots of memorable things. Just, I in mean, well, I'm not in the not in game, but I mean, definitely outside the game. Pretty questionable. So, I mean, I mean, I it's mean, dicey. I ain't gonna lie to you. It's a little dicey. And I think that uh, here is the long haired versus the short haired. Yep. Wookies. <laughs> see how they it's fight in house Wookie battle. Yeah. Mister, do you see, see how the little fight? one crouching? He's fierce. He'll go for the layers with his toothpick. Let go with his toothpick. That's <laughs> all, all I could find was this toothpick. All right, family. I have missed you dearly. We have some topics to talk about today, though. So, Dad's in we the house. We sure do. Focus. But 
That's that's true. When 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 Ewok is here, we have to focus. But the first thing we got up, Jupiter, what's going on with KFPL? KFPL, we're actually back to running our monthly events. Um, the next one will be next Saturday, not this Saturday, tomorrow, like uh, or two days from now, I guess it, it would be. Or when you're listening to this, might be tomorrow. Who knows? I don't know when Wookie's going to put it out. But on November 20th, is gonna we're going to be back to uh, our monthly like seed, like ten dollar entry uh, seed tournament. And I am putting out, I put out in my in the uh, Discord where most of the information is going and on the webpage. That if you sign up by November fifteenth with a ten dollar no refund type uh, uh, deal, you will be entered into a raffle on the day of the tournament to where you can win twelve decks with guaranteed at least two of them will be over seventy SAS. Um, it's going to be basically a flat rate US box. So and I could put twelve decks in it, and you will get a new plethora of things to use in your ABR leagues or other leagues that you play in where you're playing SAS caps and things like that. And they will be fun because I have, I've already gotten rid of all my trash. So I only have decks I actually like left. So it'll be a fun time. That's right. Jupiter's leaving everyone for flesh and blood. What? But we don't speak. This is no, this is one of the rant areas. We don't talk about those three here's, letters. Yeah, here's, here's the fact. So what? Here's the flesh and blood, like, Here's the fact of the day for today, though. I went 2-0 and in my ABR league. I've played more games of Keyforge all day, and the only Flesh and Blood I did was sort some cards. So I didn't play any nice. Flesh and Blood. Sort them right into the garbage bin? No. No. Nope. <laughs> all right. Just, just for all you wondering, I went 2-1 and one today. So The, <laughs> the other piece for those of us... Mm-hmm. Let's get back to Keyforge. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, let's yeah. get back to Keyforge. I think that's what everyone's here for. Yeah. The other <laughs> so that's what's that going wanted, on. Well, the other piece I want to get into real quick, because if anyone here live is listening, uh, Jupiter and I were talking earlier, but today is 11.11, so make your wish, Keyforge. We're going to get your algorithm. You're going to come back a lot sooner. And then number two, we need to go ahead and have a big shout out for veterans. So veterans all around the world, specifically our American troops, we appreciate you. So... I already said thank you to Jupiter. Wookie, thank you again for your service. So I appreciate all of our servicemen and women, all the sacrifice that has been made. Nothing more needs to be said out about that, but thank you, thank you, thank you. Quick question. Why are we... Well, okay, so 11-11, what does I got to do with Keyforge? 11-11 is the simple piece. When you see 11-11, the, mm-hmm. the piece behind it is you're supposed to make a wish. Oh. And then your wish will come true as Keyforge right now is in hiatus our wish is that it comes back sooner. It is. It is a wish, but I, I've never heard of the 1111 make a wish. Anybody there else? You. Anybody heard of that? No, I was no. trying to figure out if it was something to do with veterans day. Like, I don't no, know. it's actually right. not. It's, it's, it's tied in with the, it's, it's tied in with the time more than anything, but uh, okay. you know, I, f- I figure if we all get together at 1111 it look, tonight, it's it looks like birthday candles. That's yeah. the, the thing. Oh, okay. And so it, it's, right. it's tied in with good luck. But if, if we all get together at 1111 tonight, and we're on eleven eleven. I mean, this this should all. I don't lean practice witchcraft, us. so you're on your own. <laughs> okay, I'm just I, at, at this point, we're trying anything to get this game going again. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I I had never heard of that. So I, I mean, but very very cool. The the short answer is it hasn't for all of us. Like we have done a phenomenal job, and content creators are doing absolutely amazing. Uh, there's more games being played right now, and a lot of fun. But I will say, for Fantasy Flight, we hope that you can find it and solve this problem. 
We got ABR. We got Nordic Keyforge League. We got Australian Keyforge League. We got Swindle starting up stuff. We have Coat finishing up. Man, there's so much Keyforge being played now. I think it like if you look at the last like two years of Keyforge, like I think that right now we have more people playing Keyforge than we we've had at any point as far as like being active in leagues and stuff. ABR just started back up. We have a pretty good good amount of people there. Like Mm -hmm. I think Keyforge is in a pretty healthy spot as far as. We us playing it as a community now. FFG, you guys can go. Um, yeah. Well, that's what we're talking about. We're going to support. We got this. We got <laughs> right? this. All, All right, right. We'll make money. We'll we'll make your money for you since you don't want to do it for yourself. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make. So today's for you. beautiful topic. Why do we play card games, guys? Because we like that kind of pain. All right, and end segment. Yeah, we are done. Why? Why do we? Why do we like to play? Because we we are masochists at heart. Believe this or not. You know, I did not actually have that on here. I will. No, masochism wasn't on the list. I thought Ewok just played it so he could shuffle other people's decks. Oh, shuffle them wrong as well. Um, Actually, I will go ahead. Um, I'm going to highlight this one in our notes. That one is there. Relaxation. Shuffling other people's cards in inopportune times and and, uh, directions is relaxing for me. Some people watch (laughs) YouTube videos. I'll shuffle your cards backwards. Yeah, he will. And he will make your OCD just go bananas. Just absolutely straight through the roof. Just call your local judge if you play Ewok and tell them that he's basically trying to seed and create you into a, a position where he's going to call you for cheating. Do you and see how every third them. card's upside down? Yeah, that's that's him. That's the man that's who cheating. did that. That's, where the, that's, the, that's the bad man that did that. <laughs> so we no, now but... know that Ewok is also a Sith. Yes, yes. he is. This is true. Cool. It's very true. No, but... But to get, to get us back, relaxation. I, I don't know about you guys, but I'll crack a deck and be able to play it, or I'll come home after a rough day. I know, Wookie, you were talking about that earlier, getting home. And some people go for, you know, binge-watching TV. Other people grab a book. Some people are going to go to, you know, some alcohol. I think that actually playing a game is a very, very healthy way um, to be able to deal with stress. And so it is very relaxing for me to be able to sit down Um so it's it's one of the reasons that I had to start us off of why do we play card games? Well, relaxation. I play them to stop my dementia. <laughs> I mean, for sure, it helps like thinking and and keeping your brain active is is important, right? Instead of just vegging out all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it's good. I think it's healthy. No, I mean relaxation. I think is the biggest one, right? Like. No. Yeah, for but, me but... especially, and I don't know. I, I haven't really. I, you guys know this, but recently I had my. I am the store manager of a store that now has no people. <laughs> Once I found out I had no people, I kind of went to my wife and I'm like, "Hey, I'm gonna need you to let me play some Keyforge tonight." Um, <laughs> here's the situation. Yada yada yada. Like, That's I just 20... need a kind of an real... escape right now. The real catch twenty two to that wookie that you didn't mention is that he's salary, so he's not even getting paid right. extra for it. Right. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's so bad. <laughs> so I'm I'm working pretty much more or less by myself, open to close seven days a week. He's playing and... that forty eight SAS deck in the uh in the uh in the office. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. Tournament. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I mean it it is what it is, but I needed a form of like escape, relaxation, place to just hang out with people, laugh. Have some fun and just like forget about that for a few hours. That that was a big thing for me. 
we're here what? for you, but we're going to bring it up because we know that it makes you go, oh, just kidding. <laughs> well, I think, I think that's interesting. You talked relaxation. You talked a couple different areas that I had in. And maybe I overthought this, but Jupiter, you talked about mental stimulation. And, you know, Jazz, you started to talk about it. Um, for our cards, I know this is odd, but my love, when I first got into cards as a whole, because we have why we play card games, it was magic. And it was magic when I was in middle school. And this was a very, very early, <laughs> super old, uh, with beta. But the amount of reading that actually went into it and see the connections to famous works, to be able to see some of the text, it drew me into other books or other areas. I think the math for Keyforge is definitely there. And so both reading and math are things that will keep you mentally stimulated, mentally engaged, and that helps you stay young. So that's an important piece that uh, is, is really untapped. But mental stimulation is very, very appropriate. And, and and game logic as well. I think those are the three things that I always sell to parents because like when I would, I was a magic first guy too. And like trying to sell a game called magic to gathering to conservative Christian or like, you know, any type of conservative parent, like they're just like, I don't want my kids around witchcraft. Like that was like my number one thing. Like I don't want them doing witchcraft. And I'm just like, it's not witchcraft, but it is good. Like, you know, logic, it's good reading skills, good math skills, social skills. Like you're getting all the things you need for your kid to basically grow up and be successful confidence leadership like all those things come from these card games and uh, i think that they're very important you know you talked about relaxing it's interesting because i um like in some aspects it, it, it is relaxing but uh you know it was, it was actually a while ago i was talking with my wife and she was uh she was like hey why why do you like to play games that you have to think really hard or like your job is to it's like in software right so you have to think real hard all day like why do you come home and want to think real hard well of course i i responded it's like well you're a yoga teacher you relax all day so why do you want to come home and relax but but i think there's <laughs> it does speak to <laughs> dress core don't do that oh. <laughs> so it speaks to you know why? Uh, because we're, we're comfortable in our element and like um, it's something we do because I was I'm a crypt, I was a cryptologist by nature. Right. So crunching numbers and logic is what I do. And that's what I want to do when I come home. I just want to do it at my level. Right. Like I want to do it for my existence, like what I want to do, not what my boss tells me to do. Right. Like so that's a big difference. Yeah, it's about getting in the zone, I think. Right. It's like when when you're in the rhythm, you're you're playing Keyforge, you're playing like a game you really like, like you're not thinking about other things. You're not thinking about stress about X, Y, Z, whether it's, you know, work or money stuff or like what, you know, whatever it is, right. Family things like you're, you're just focused on that and allows you to, to decompress a little bit. Even if you are thinking super hard, like it, it is a form of relaxation, even if it's not a, you're, you're not, you know, you're, you're working very hard, at least mentally. What's interesting is you just talked a break from this world and reality mm -hmm. um, as someone, as my wife who will just get into books and be absolutely sucked into them and read, you know, 400 pages across, you know, two, three days. That's what a book can offer. And I think that uh, Keyforge and many of the different card games I've played, even the board games that I've played, it means that I don't have to deal sometimes with the realities that's all around that we're still in a pandemic that frankly, you know, I'm struggling with my kids, you know, with masks or no masks, and are they going to be healthy and safe? And so it's a really nice break to just leave this space and to go into an area in a world that I can create, that I can control, 
And whether that's through cards or other pieces, um, I, I think that it, it can be a much more positive area, a much more uh, successful area for myself to just be free to be me. So I, I think that that's very important that, that it provides a break. I think that um, a lot of people, like, I know when I play the game, it's like there's always a story going on. There's either music to it or, like, playing a card makes triggers a song in my head or, like, I'm totally, like, invested in, like, the idea of what's happening on the board and the story that I'm creating. I used to, like, always read those, like, choose-your-own-adventure books, and that's what playing, mm-hmm. like, CCG games are like to me. It's like, what's going to happen? Oh, look, Lollop comes to the table, and he looks angry. He's going to go ahead and <laughs> smash on this Keo because he's mad that this insane knight is trying to uh, fight a windmill. Like... All kinds of odd random stories, and I, I think that just makes it more fun for me. But then there's also the flip side, where I'm super competitive, and I like to win. So therefore, <laughs> the stress of like like basically trying to do my best to win is very important to me as well, because like that stress like keeps me going. Like it's like an adrenaline rush to me. It's like jumping out of a plane. I've done that before too. It's like the same thing. It's like why would you jump out of a plane for no other reason other than to face death and like laugh at it and basically get your get your kick? It's, I get that out of CCG competitive CCG games. It's like when I'm really serious and, and focused in and, and like thing. I get that rush of like, I'm fighting this person and we're fighting for something that matters. Like when there's something on the line, you play poker a lot more differently than you do when you're playing with fake chips. Right. So like, uh, I'm, that's where I'm at with that point too. Jupiter. I feel like you're reading my list here. Cause I, I literally <laughs> had fulfills a need for competition. No. Um, as we get, you know, older and adults, like when you were younger, you had recess and you're, you know, you're trying to go ahead and do something active that's out there. You have five class. There's a number of people who are really into sports or into band, like one of their pieces. But as you become an adult, what do you really have as that outlet? And so I put fulfills the need for competition. I do like to go out and to compete against other people. I'm not going to the gym. I'm not going ahead and, you know, doing more pushups or, but you can see why CrossFit, you know, draws so many people and, oh, you can do much better. Or you can go ahead and have this top score. Competition is a piece. And I think as we get older, we need to have ways to still have that outlet to compete against others. I think card games is a great little area, even if it's a one-on-one battle and I don't always come out on top, um, it fulfills that need for me. Yeah, the whole competition versus a competitive game versus a co-op game is interesting, right? So I think, and I think different people look for, for different things, right? I look for at myself versus my brother, right? And I, when I'm playing a game, I really want it to be competitive, right? I want to want to crush my enemies, right? Or or I want to, you know, <laughs> get get kick silly trying, right? Whereas he he doesn't really like that nearly as much, right? He would much rather have a, a cooperative experience and really um, work together with other folks. And and I'm sort of reflecting on this, and and you know, I was asking, well, why do you like co-op games so much more? So I, I brought, I played the co-op Keyforge with him, right. Uh, versus competitive, which he wasn't, wasn't nearly as into. And he's like, well, his, he's like, all I do at work all day is like argue with people and try to convince people of stuff. Uh, he, he's a lobbyist, <laughs> but for the environment. So it makes no money. Um, but uh, um, so all he does is arguing with people all the, all the time. And he's like, when I come home, I just want to like work together with somebody. <laughs> Whereas my job is very collaborative. I'm always trying to get people to work together and move towards one, one objective. 
and like play nice and have everybody get along. So when I come home, I just want to, you know, smash someone. I'm coming to uh, Philadelphia this weekend, Draskor. We're going to meet up and smash some friends. That's right, this weekend. Yeah, we should. All right, we got to figure this out. We got to make this happen. Is it just me, or is there still a little component of that early Neanderthal piece, that hunter mentality? I got to go out and I got to get the bigger fish. I got to go ahead and catch, you know, I'm going to go ahead and hit this this 12-point buck that's over here. I'm going to come back. There's still that trophy aspect. I, I think it's pretty funny when I was listening um, to the cast and, and sheep, you were talking about the trophies and uh, that were from Kansas City, and I was totally jelly about it. Like, oh man, those sound absolutely amazing. But there's still this piece of I'm finishing on top. I'm gonna hit the bigger trophy. I have the better deck, and I, I don't know if that's just the bravado piece um, and why it does lean, you know, towards a number of the, the guys. We have a very heavy focus there, and and I think that both genders are definitely increasing in Keyforge, which is really cool to see. Um, but I, I, there is this competition component that I think is kind of ingrained in myself at the very least. So, 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 the, real, say, so the real question here is, do you think that's because we're like basically baby boomer products, like where competition was like so stressed and like now, like, do you think that EDH is like the new future? Like where it's like people just play games together and play co-op games and things and because they want to basically all win or all lose together. Do you think there's any, any correlation between that? Like, because I know I'd rather kick somebody's head in and win, win, win a trophy and like go, go for it. But like maybe that's not the new future. Like maybe I'm not the normal anymore. Mm-hmm. That's I, yeah, I think why I play this game. So any <laughs> game. And I think it's different for different folks. Like my brother and I are not that far apart in age, right? I'm what, three years older, two and a half years older than him. Um, you know, anytime you talk about generational stuff, it's it's sort of broad strokes. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it actually, I'd be curious. If if you looked back at games, was there more or fewer cooperative games percentage-wise, um, you know, however many years ago versus today? I think cooperative games are relatively new. Like, they're a newer thing, because I don't remember any game when I was a kid being cooperative. Like you were playing like shoots and ladder, yeah. you're trying to you're, or Candyland, you're still trying to cheat and win. <laughs> the uh, I mean, yeah, may, maybe you're right. Like maybe it is more recent. I don't know, but there's there's definitely like partnership games like bridge and stuff where you're you're playing on a team. You're still beating the crap out of somebody, somebody else in that game too. It's true. true. Yeah, yeah. You're not gonna win this one. <laughs> uh. I do think that the age piece is very interesting because I'm even thinking about Kansas City where you said it was a 12-year-old. I mean, for our, uh, AC Live, you know, we had a number of kids that were there. And not only were they, like, there, but they were very competitive, too. And so that's a really neat component. I think that this is something that just spans human nature. I mean, I see people that, frankly, would we would call our elders and are very experienced elderly and they're extremely competitive whenever they're playing, whether that is game, you know, card games or whether that's out on the, um, what is it? Pickle, pickleboard or, uh, uh, shuffleboard. No, not shuffleboard. Pickle, pi- pickleball. <laughs> pickleball is what I see a lot of people playing. Uh, basically, basically the, it, it, we'll just leave it there, but, um, <laughs> There are different pieces. I mean, I see how competitive the kids are. I'm in an elementary school, so I see kids from kindergarten 
who have that all the way up. Um, and it, it does seem to increase and kind of spike around high school. Um, but that's an interesting piece that that is part of human nature to, to want to compete. Yeah. And I think that if, I think if you come from a deeper family that plays more games together and do things like that, you're just going to be naturally more competitive. Like, um, I think athletes are going to basically breed athletes, like, right. And then like, uh, brains are going to breed brains, but even brains like want to be, they want that edge. They want to be the, the, the person that figures it out next. So I think, comp- I think competition is just in our nature. Like, I don't believe that like, um, being passive ever wins like much of anything. So like um, in the workplace, it just makes you part of the main pool and you never really advance. Right. Unless you show it yourself and basically move forward. Like it's just the way that we're programmed. Like I think that competition is healthy. I think that card games are obviously super competitive most of the time. Um, obviously you do have like some like, you know, free the Kraken type games and stuff where you're playing together. But for the most part, I don't think people play for that reason. I think a majority of the players play to have that that thrill of competing. Real quick, is anybody doing a backup recording? Yes. Okay, my OBS just crashed. <laughs> so thank God for Dr. Sheep. We appreciate it. No, I know that it, I know it was talked about earlier uh, when you said camaraderie. So being able to come in, uh, ABR right now has recently started up. You have teams that are there, and to be able to talk through these games, I think actually brings a little bit more to the table as well. Is that it's it's not just me going out and competing, but you know what? I represent these other people. Oh, I did awesome to help them. Oh, I let them down. Um, I love that aspect of KeyForge and our KeyForge community as a whole. Again, it's it's one of the main reasons why I am here. Why I'm still putting the time and effort. So that's interesting how in contrast that is to the competition. But at the same time, um, you can really have fun and help each other get better. But also you're talking shop and kind of you're hanging out with other people who like the game and enjoy the same aspect, uh, this hobby um, with you. So camaraderie. I love it. I was going to say for Jupiter, like the biggest thing for me is I need competition and need it. Like it is something that if I don't have it, it's, it's that piece that's missing, right? So, well, I mean, for boring. me, at least, yeah, I mean, for me, at least, you know, throughout all of my younger years and then even into high school and and, and whatnot, I was always ranked, right? I, I played, I was a three-sport athlete all throughout, you know, my, my school days. So, you're constantly competing for something. And then when you don't have that competition, you, you, you really do miss it. And that's where, you know, I guess games come in where, you know, I'm not as young as I once was, where I'm not able to get out there and do the things I used to do. But my mind's still, it's half there, you know. You get to different points in your life. but I, At least 40%, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can uh, I can still do do good when it comes down to, I, I, I would say Keyforge. I'm in a different place with Keyforge now. Now I'm just that guy, and I'm fully embracing the that guy, uh, the that guy trope. So, <laughs> but but do you do you notice, Wookie? I mean, after we finish Chainbound, people aren't just running away. It's, I mean, frankly, TCO can get really, really monotonous and boring, and it takes a lot of the fun if you just show up and you're like, play the same deck, play the same deck. I win, I win, I win, or I lose, I lose, I lose. But what really keeps me engaged is talking about it like we're sitting at chainbound hey did you see that play that was absolutely awesome you know i just got blown out but i went ahead and had a cleansing wave for 11 that's ridiculous 
you know, these little feats that are there, I think that that brings out the game and it also brings out the bond of, oh, you know, we have a common competitor or, you know, we keep going against this other cross, uh, you know, this person I only see at vault tours, they always seem to get me. They always seem to have my my card and they knock me out. Um, I think that is an important aspect and it actually helps to support that competition. Um, but you know how to be able to be on a team, how to be able to support each other. But at the same time, um, you know, you're still in competition against them. So, you know, like I think I think ABR like fills like an interesting niche for me as far as like my competitive streak goes because I used to wrestle, and I feel like ABR is like re- being on a wrestling team because like I still have to pull my weight and do my things for myself, and I get my own accolades right. Like you can basically qualify for K- KFPL season four if you have the best the best record in solo performances throughout the regular season, but. I'm also contributing to the team. So like on the weeks that maybe I lose, like somebody else can pick me up. Right. Like, um, so I think like ABR is a very unique league in that sense. And I, I really love it for that purpose. I know exactly what you mean. I, uh, I fenced in high school and it's similar, right? It's one-on-one matches, but, but then you're practicing with each other. You're trying to help improve each other's skills. You're trying to, you know, point out, uh, weaknesses that you're, your your buddy might have and uh, help them help them improve it so that you know together you can win enough bouts to 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 win the day and uh, that's pretty cool that's yeah ABR has that format which is which is pretty cool I, mean, I will yeah. tell you I I really wish QForge um would adopt the team I I know they did adopt it but I wish they would adopt it a little bit more mm. like I enjoy one-on-one competition it's fine right but like a te- the team format is just i don't know i get so much more enjoyment out of the team format as opposed to like a singles format mm. and maybe that's just me but you know i i just i enjoy that format way more than i enjoy any other format being a part of a team strategizing with the team you know even just getting help from the team w- when needed is like i was I, I think was it's such so a cool stoked. thing. I was so stoked for Worlds. Like uh, I put together like this like fun team. Like we had multiple teams coming. We had like eighteen different teams from like the group that we had from all around the world. Like basically like all that work like networking around the world and stuff. And like we had all these teams coming and stuff. Gonna get to do the unis and all that. And like just having you know I get to I was gonna play with Blake and Mike, uh, Mike Funai and. Um, uh, Blake Powell, like uh, from Help from Future Stuff, like um, so, like, and me and Blake are always gonna like if we if Worlds ever happens and we still have the team event, Blake is definitely me and Blake are definitely a team, and we have to find a third. So, like, um, but like, when you hear about opioid overdoses, you probably don't realize half of the nation's overdoses happen in the exact same spot. It's happening right at home. Georgians are accidentally dying in their own homes because people don't understand the dangers of taking an Oxy or Perk for sleep, stress, or with a glass of alcohol. Learn how to protect your family from opioid overdose at opioidresponse.info. This message is brought to you by Georgia DBHDD. At Georgia Power, we're investing in infrastructure to ensure a more resilient power grid creating a balanced mix of hydro, solar, and nuclear energy, all while installing high-speed EV charging stations across the state and keeping your bill well below the national average. Because we know that the carbon-free energy Georgia needs to prosper tomorrow will come from the tireless energy we put in our communities today. Georgia Power. 
empowering tomorrow today. I can't wait for that day. Like, like being on a team and being active with somebody like all day and talking about the games and having somebody to kind of lean on and go like, here's a weird play. Like, do I pivot here? Do I go now? Do I, what do I go here? Like, I think that is such a better way to play Keyforge. I think that Wookiee is 100% right. I think team play, like three-person teams, is the best way to play Keyforge as far as anything goes. Because you got people to basically lean on. And it basically, you know, pushes that camaraderie and stuff like that. And then, like, you know, friendly rivalries will happen. And that'll be interesting. But we'll see what happens. I, was say, I think the big thing about a team is, like, you you can have different personalities on the same team. Where I, I would tell you, like, when it was me, Sheep, and Ewok for Shadow Worlds, where I am a very aggressive player. Very aggressive. I think Sheep's, a, Sheep's probably a little less aggressive, but then, you know, JR is a little more conservative. And I know there was times where JR chimed in with the conservative play that we ended up going with that definitely, you know, maybe won the game. You know, where you can have those different types of personalities where, again, I'm I'm competitive, let's go. And, you, you know, you have somebody that's like, well, maybe that's not the line we need to take here. Because my, my brain always thinks concern, uh, very, very aggressively. Like, yep, that's 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 the route. And I'm sure, I, I shouldn't even say I'm sure. I know my aggression has gotten me into trouble from time to time where I should have been like, well, maybe if I just held back a little bit there, it wouldn't have been so bad. And it just did that whole and that whole like I guess relationship you have there just is is really big and it's just it's more fun I think than any other format we have. Just in general, the whole do I push here versus do I go conservative here? I think is one of the reasons why Keyforge is such a such a great game, right? Those decisions of do I push all the way to check and let my opponent forge, or do I? stop them from forging but only get one ember this turn and, and stuff like that right it's uh well, how much amber control uh, do they have yeah yeah and how's their board presence like mm-hmm. we had this talk earlier actually we were having a about yeah. pivot like how pivoting is so important in the game and like knowing when to basically use what your resources you have on the board and basically go for go for what you need to get or do you just go like keep planting the board to get to a point where you overwhelm their their um, their capability right and like try to win that way and how it's like so different and so so hard to read sometimes um even though the answers are usually right in front of your face if you know what you're looking at <laughs> i think we've all talked but have we heard from sheep yet no because you guys are all being competitive well <laughs> sheep why do you play oh. keyforge i mean i want to know i want to hear sheep I don't come from a competitive background. I played no competitive sports. I, before I played Keyforge, my previous year and a half was spent playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons Adventure League, which is basically co-op. And that was fine too. Like, I am not in this game because of competition. I don't know. I know there's other people who are out there that align more with uh, me than you guys. Um, and, you know, there's definitely that part of the community, at least in Keyforge, and I'm sure other games where, you know, the, they don't like to try hard. People are very serious about the competition, and I'm not at all that. Like, you know, game needs to be what it is. How many Volcors did you travel to? What team are you on? Just, just <laughs> well, I thought, because I thought I'm was... okay at the game and had the financial ability to travel doesn't doesn't mean I'm 
competition drift. Oh, well, did you place on the leaderboard? Weren't you top 10? Yeah. Well, that came from going to a lot of events. I was say, you could be top 10, too, if you just show up. Yeah. Right. I mean, so, but I, I, I find that interesting, Sheet, because I know you, it, it, we've played in a couple other games. I've had you over, and I still see that when, when you're out um, in little pieces. This competitive nature of I'm going to get up when we were, you know, trying to get you up for on skis for water skiing. I I will be able but to this, do this. this you is, have you have that this that is, mentality. But this isn't those things aren't about beating you or beating the guy who's in first place. Those are things about It's an achievement piece. My own yes, it's my own personal Correct. achievements, right? Like even on the Vault tour, like I wasn't going there to beat Z or beat, you know, any particular player or to beat Repo because I was on Team SAS. You know, I was going there to do the best I felt like I could. And that's that's how I'm in all things. That's the same thing. Venture League stuff that I did in every game. Like it's you know, I'm okay that I am probably not the best player in this game. I also have the belief that even if I invested Ten times or time, the gains would be so small it's not effort. I mean, I could get better, and but I don't think it's you know at some point you're just and try for more. But I'm to say I play card games, specifically collectible card games, because uh, one I'm a gambler, and this is a stakes form of gambling my wallet can take i can't like i love gambling but i can't deal with high stakes like if it's a hundred dollars on the line i get shaky ten dollars on the line i don't care right there's this level of gambling that i'm definitely addicted to i've opened way too many decks i played any other collectible game i bought and opened way too many things because they're at that dollar amount that is like it's like scratch offs at the uh at the gas station, except I don't get any excitement winning eight dollars or dollars. The that's, the gambling that's, aspect of this is a big part to me. Hmm. That's a, that, that's interesting because I'm in the same boat. Like I used to play every day at Foxwoods when I lived down in Connecticut. Like I'd go out and I pay. I always play the dollar, two dollar, three hundred dollar buy in. Like that's the table I like to sit at. And everybody's like, "Why don't you ever go play the five ten or whatever?" And I'm just like, "No." I was like, I think a dollar, two dollar, uh, no limit is exactly where I like to sit because I can fish people like there, and I can basically make two to three hundred dollars a day, like just playing conservatively and playing like you know, just playing right and like, but the the scratch off ticket things, I I don't I I hate scratch off tickets. They're the dumbest thing in the world to me. Even buying a lottery ticket, I I can't do it. But something about cracking a pack is like, oh, that's like good adrenaline. <laughs> So I love it. There's that, and then you know the other half is, you know, like you guys hit it earlier. It's mental engagement, right? I need something that requires all of my mental skill and focus at one time. Like even as we're recording here, I'm dinking around with my phone and surfing Reddit all at the same time because not any one of these tasks brain where games and fully engage my brain in one line. That's why I play cards. 
totally wasn't kidding about the dementia thing. <laughs> I'm old, so it, it's good for my brain. We, yeah, we, all, we all are old, this whole cast here. You're yeah. okay. And the occasional crushing phase Listen, does feel I'm not good. that old. <laughs> I'm really well, not you, that old. It's interesting, because as you're talking, I can just see you, Sheep, playing your AOA trash and being very happy playing it and being like how you know how well can i do with this questionable aoa deck uh on on our sealed nights and and you know just being i can see you being very pleased with yourself doing well with with a deck that's hard to to play well like you don't you don't need to play the deck that is like the killer deck per se to to have fun See, but I think I think that's a, a, another aspect of competition. Competition, so many people value it as you're just being number one, but that's not it. You can always try to push yourself or see, you know what, this is a really suboptimal deck, but I can go ahead and have it perform better by doing this. That's the competition that I personally like and to seek out. So that's interesting that you kind of split it up into two different areas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I do I do enjoy playing a variety of decks too you know and i think um um you know with my you know my buying strategy and stuff i'm not getting unless i randomly open it I'm not buying the uh, uh you know the best absolute best deck in the world right so um i am i'm very happy to play fun, fun decks and see how well i can do with them um but there's definitely people out there who they if they're not playing one of the top decks in the world they're they're not having as much fun um and that's that's just different right i think they still have fun with the game but they they approach that is that is that a slight on the player then though no i'm not i'm not saying it that way i I know you're not saying it that way but however, when when we talk about this, and when you talk about you know if, if somebody's not playing the best deck in the world, they're not having fun. I mean, obviously, we know that there are decks out there that are very very good and and, and don't take much to do anything with. And then there's the opposite where you have to do a lot with, right? So is that is that like those players just need to play with the best deck? Does that mean maybe they're not as I I, I mean I hate to say it, but maybe they're not as good of a player and they need the deck support? That's certainly not it. Like there's a lot of people only want to do things at the top end of it, and what happens in every game is like there there's that balance. Like they have to make room for the people who don't want to play the top end stuff. Right, and then the same with those of us who are happy playing our mid-tier trash, and that's what we want to show up and play with. Have to make room and understand that there are people who are going to be there with things that are in-maxed and best choice possible, and you know, like find, finding that uh, common ground play area can be tough because you want to show up to Chainbound and play whatever, you know, sixty whatever junk deck you opened last week, and that's what you're playing. And you got the next guy who's showing up and he's like, well, I want to practice with this 90 whatever and see how many chains I can hang on it or, you know, whatever fancy act they have. Like, you know, it's fine. Both people, that's how they enjoy the game. And you definitely can't beat them for that. Well, you can play experience. I think that's actually 
probably the biggest trick that as we as key forgers have to deal with. When you go ahead and go and play on TCO, you can go ahead and structure your title so that it helps people to know what your your goal is. And it is okay, again, to back out if your goal is not being met or you know, someone's entering with a different deck. Right now, unfortunately, the whole competitive, casual, uh, beginner, it, they're doing the best that they can, but it really, there's such a wide range, as you just said, Sheep. And the same thing happens at Chainbound. You have people coming and they have this idea of what Chainbound is supposed to be about. So with your game group, I, I put that out for anyone, you know, as we can hopefully get back to playing in person in the future at some point. So in future, when you hear this, be able to just communicate what you're hoping to be able to get. If you can get people that are similar to you in thought process and you all can agree ahead of time, hey, we're going to go ahead and use this self-imposed SAS cap. That worked great for ACs events when we were running for the longest period of time. If you can go ahead and say, hey, we're going to go ahead and do this where you only bring this house. As long as everyone is on board and you have a way to, frankly, if someone comes in, you can just let them come play through. It really increases the play experience for everyone. And that's, I think, what is often missed is you get people who are just sad about the play experience because you have two different individuals who think they're both making the right choice, but they're not in agreement with what they really want from the play experience. That's this like a whole nother uh, episode about contract gaming. Mm, yes. mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. not for tonight. <laughs> no. Or you're like hater and you go oh one to some with your ninety some odd SAS deck to AOA trash and then drop. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Again, SAS is one piece and I love my hater. I'm I miss that little boy dearly. So. Throw in that shade. Just throwing it out there. Thanks for the deck though, Dan. Appreciate it. Anyways, uh, what uh, else we got on the list? Or? I had uh, just the compact nature of card games. Uh, it's really nice. I mean, you're going out camping. You're going on a little trip. Uh, being able to take, frankly, deck of cards can really keep things down. I remember as a middle schooler going ahead and carrying my magic cards. It was really compact. Yeah, I was top tier competitive for soccer, but that was the other side. This really fulfilled me. Um, and that has carried through with games as a whole. Um, e- even as I'm heading out for a weekend away, I have games that are being packed. My girls are bringing their own games. And I think that card games are really special because they can be compact. And then the other side of that is the replayability. Um, frankly, Keyforge, one of the pieces that's so often missed, 36 cards, and yet you're not seeing these games repeat because you can have different decks playing against each other, even the same decks playing the cars come up in different orders. And so I think that Keyforge, as, um, along with other card games, their compact nature and their replayability are two huge aspects that get me to play card games and really enjoy them. A big aspect of card games in general is the natural random aspect that having it deck of cards provides, mm-hmm. which is very different random experience than you dice as a randomizer right like they're they're both random elements in a game but the ability to count cards and the randomness combined makes it feel more controlled and more mentally engaging than a situation of just constant number crunching out of modifier min maxing 
that's the card games up me or even like any of the other deck builder dice egg build any of that kind of stuff where there is that random aspect of a known set right that's a big part of statistics definitely my brain randomness within yeah in order to be a quote-unquote card game you there has to be that randomness really right like i think if you think about a game where there are there happens to be cards in it but you're not shuffling them you're not randomizing them people don't think of those as card games because it it could be anything. It just happens that they printed it on cards. Um, and and so, you know, you have to be deck building or drafting or shuffling or using as a random element in some way in order for, um, you know, for me to say, yeah, definitely a card game as opposed to just a game. Well, card games in general for me, again, it's just it's compact, right? Mm-hmm. I can take it and I can go. And I can go to a place with not very much stuff and play. And also, like, time, right? What does a game of Keyforge take? If you for, for us or five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's only because I brought heart last week. Um, I mean, I mean <laughs> honestly, what, 15 to 20 minutes? Typi- typically, yeah, on, you know, give you or know. take. That's really quick so you can sit down play a game have your fun all in 20 minutes and then possibly have even have even enough time to do it again mm-hmm. we're like you can't you can't get that kind of thing in 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 like a board game and that's that's where i struggle a lot of the times with board games is time commitment and i think for me at last at least for card games the time commitment means a lot because i can sit down play a game you know we'll say 15 to 35 minutes. That's still pretty quick compared to a lot of board games. There's not a ton of board games out there that you can play that quickly. There's, there like, are, there like are the some, but not for most of them, right? That's like the set right. time. Yeah. Most of them. You know, yeah, I mean, time it takes to teach the rules, right? And that's the big thing is, yeah, the rules. I mean, you can teach Keyforge relatively quickly. Uh, you can teach most card games, you know, really the, the basics relatively quickly. So for me, that's why card games have always been such a big deal, is because it does we it is that that ease and that that quick. I hate to say it, it's that quick high, right? Like I can get in, I can play my game, I can have my fun, and I can do it all within twenty to thirty minutes, and then oh, maybe play some more. That's back to that social contract, because there are so many people exit just. <laughs> like I've never heard. No, that's not true. It's not true. It's not true. Well, I know in our our Discord, Ark uh, went ahead and threw up the question, what do you like about card games the most? And I know that we've been talking. We've listed quite a few of them. But I'm really curious. If you could only pick one of those aspects, what would you guys go with? I would say that I like card games the most because they're organic. They're always living. None of them are ever quite the same. Um, If you're playing the right card games, right? Like... um, the kinds that I like to play. I like the fact that like every time I sit down, there's a new puzzle, right? Like, and the puzzle keeps changing. And I think that is what keeps me vested in, in, in collected card games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like that's, 
that that puzzle kind of aspect because you know as Wookie was saying, the games are sort of easy to teach. Rule sets are usually pretty pretty basic, but the depth it's sets and cards and all that stuff come out. But easy really, to teach, hard to master. Yeah, but that's right. And maybe that's where I definitely prefer a game like Keyforge is the the limits are much more tightly bound. Especially like you get to know your opponent's stack or even in sealed, like I can know exactly what cards you have access to where I feel like any other destructible card games, the bounds what people could be large to keep it tight. Interesting, or keep it what my brain can handle. So that's, that's why I like Keyforge. One of the reasons, like, best of all the card games I've ever played. But that, like I said, I really like playing within that constrained set. I really like yeah. the fact in Keyforge, too, that you get to play with bad cards. Like, no deck has, like, nothing but great cards. So, like, part of the puzzle that you have with every deck in Keyforge is that you can't min-max. You can't net deck. You can't just go get what the pros and the math, you know, wizards come up with as the best, right? Like, so that means that you have, like, every deck has, like, a unique characteristic to it and almost like a personality, like we were talking about earlier. And I think that Keyforge captures that element better than any game that I've ever played. I totally agree. Totally agree with that. The um, that that definitely engages me with this game. And I, what what I think is, so I come from a board game background and a Dungeons and Dungeons background, Dungeons and Dragons background. Um, uh, and so playing a lot of different games was what I did for a long time. And learning new games and sitting through forty five minute rule rule discussions be like yeah let's get into the next three hours right like i i did a lot of that and and i still do some of that it's it's harder you know when you know you're, you're at home more but uh I, I still do enjoy that so so why keyforge in particular and maybe just a small number of other games i think they have to have a wide enough play space within w- within what they are to just have me keep coming back to that Instead of saying, "Well, now I want to try the next board game that just got released this month," and uh, Keyforge has that right by all the different decks. The the hey, each deck is a little different puzzle. Like we said, like that's pretty cool. There's only there's only a few games like that where I would just play hundreds and hundreds of times. Right, I think probably the only other game I've played well, less than Keyforge, but um, many many times, uh, well over a hundred, I'm sure is uh, Race for the Galaxy, which is another card game that hmm. I used to play quite a bit before, you know, before this. Um, and it's just it just has enough of that broad play space where playing it again is still really interesting. And Keyforge, because you can just... It's small, it's compact, you can get a bajillion decks. <laughs> There's so much play space to explore. Yeah, I would say my mine is, is the compactness. I can... I could literally go anywhere, see anything, um, and, and be able to bring my Keyforge decks with me, or you know, any decks. It doesn't card games in general? I guess more more generalized in that fact. But uh, obviously, for Keyforge, I, I would say obviously it's it is a, for me Keyforge, and what's kept me here even during hiatus is it is the 
the relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Like if if I didn't have sheep and I didn't have Ewok and you and Jupiter, there's a good chance I'm just I'm just deucing it and we're out. You know, I'm done. Because you know it's, why I have not I'm not I'm not going anywhere for it. I'm not doing anything with it. I'm I'm gone. So it is what it is. Ewok, what about you? I really like the piece that you just said, the organic puzzle. But for me, it's that replayability. And I see that because of it being an organic puzzle. So they're very, very entwined. Um, but any card game, even a deck of cards, you can go ahead and use it. It's the replayability into various aspects is, is there. Um, so that's it for me, replayability. All righty. Sheep, how we doing on time? Uh I don't know. We I think we've, I, th- I, th- I think we're just at about the hour mark. Um, what do we got left? Is there anything left on the list from this week? I don't think there is. I think we hit it all. I've been recording for fifty-five minutes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. The, the so. only piece, the only piece that I had on here, and I think the Crucible Tracker actually did a really nice job at uh, when we're looking at the entertainment value. The aspect of pulling off a feat or a combo, um, that would be something in the future I'd love to be able to see. Um, But it's just fun. It's fun to be able to share and to kind of talk about that. But that is a reason that I really, especially for Keyforge, uh, I'll play random decks. Um, I think, Dryscar, you and I are more in that realm, but we'll pick up some of these decks and just like, okay, can this be pulled off? And I'll play it again and again Mm -hmm. and again. (laughs) <laughs> and it's just trying to be able to get this silly little combo to go off. Mm-hmm. Even if I can't win, there's pure <laughs> joy in that. And so that feat and to have a tracker for it, um, it, it adds a lot of enjoyment to the game. For sure. All right. So that's going to do it for us this week, guys. Yes, I know. I totally zoned on everything going on. I did not upload last week's episode. Um, I will get it uploaded. It will get done. Um, so this week's probably going to be, if you're hearing this one first and that one next, it's probably going to be a two-episode week just due to the fact of all the fun I'm having. Um, but what do we got for final thoughts? We'll start with uh, Mr. Jupiter. I'm super excited. Uh, and the reason I play card games is because of the people. Obviously, I've tried to quit multiple times. And every time I do, I get such an outpouring. I just can't do it. And um, so here I am still playing card games and uh, doing Keyforge. But uh, I did get a local gaming store open up literally a half a block away from my house, which oh, is so dangerous. <laughs> now I don't have to drive 45 minutes to pick up any of my card games. They do support um, Keyforge. They have tons of Keyforge. They have tons of every other game as well. Um, and the cool thing is, is like they're an online store. They're called uh, Unplugged Gaming. Um, go check them out. They have the best prices that I've seen, like for like just on the shelf prices, no haggle pricing. And um, the cool thing is, is like they their storefront is literally for the community. They don't care about making a single cent off it because they do so much work online. They that it makes me excited to have like an awesome LGS near my house. <laughs> yeah, that's so that's they, my- they need the brick and mortar because there's a bunch of distributors and game companies. Have it. This is true. All of it. All right. Ewok, what do you got? Oh, I, I have to go ahead. I've been sitting on this one. Drazcor, you said you fenced when you're in high school. Now, yep. that is something we don't usually hear. Were you a saber, foil, or epi? Epi. Okay. That that, yeah. that's, uh, my, my brother fenced, so I hear it so uh, so randomly it was going to bother me. 
But um, I, I just say everyone stay safe. It is so good to be back and just to talk with you, one-sided conversation, and then my friends over on the other side here. But, uh, you know, stay safe. Play Keyforge in any way you can. And uh, thank you to all of our veterans. Sheep, what you got? Uh, keep playing Keyforge. We're still running events. Days, Wednesdays, and Sundays. And stuff here. Or Keyforge with us. Come play FPL. Come watch me dominate an ABR because I'm a lucky. Do it. Do it, Sheep. Draw better. Yeah. All right, Drazcore, what you got? Well, we got ABR started up, right? Sheep's on my team, so uh, so I'm I'm rooting for him, and uh, we're having we're having a good time playing out there. So if you haven't joined a league before, you know, next time signups come up, I, I'd say do that. I think the Swindle team signups are open now, so you can yeah. get on in on that now. Um, and uh, there's there's lots of good stuff going on up there. Um, Eric's in the chat was talking about, uh, yeah, Nordic Keyforge. Eric in the chat was talking about a league in uh, Argentina that he's in, which is pretty cool. So, um, you know, or just come out to some AC events. They are, they are a ton of fun, just hanging out, joking around and, uh, having a good time and hearing sheep talk about his, uh, his space dollars getting stolen is, uh, is always enjoyable. So. Base dollar. Sorry. Is, 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 it bad? is it bad that my goal is to go undefeated in ABR this season just so I can win one of my KPL spots that nobody else can get? Love for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way I could prove that I could qualify. Nice. Nice. <laughs> All right, guys. We're getting to work. We're hitting our time. So that's going to do it for us this week. We'll see y'all next time. So put your best face on, everybody pretend you know this song, everybody come hang, let's go out with a bang. Here we go. So put your best face on, everybody pretend you know this song, everybody come hang, let's go out. When you hear about opioid overdoses, you probably don't realize half of the nation's overdoses happen in the exact same spot. It's happening right at home. Georgians are accidentally dying in their own homes because people don't understand the dangers of taking an Oxy or Perk for sleep, stress, or with a glass of alcohol. Learn how to protect your family from opioid overdose at opioidresponse.info. This message is brought to you by Georgia DBHDD. At Georgia Power, we're investing in infrastructure to ensure a more resilient power grid, creating a balanced mix of hydro, solar, and nuclear energy, all while installing high-speed EV charging stations across the state and keeping your bill well below the national average. Because we know that the carbon-free energy Georgia needs to prosper tomorrow will come from the tireless energy we put in our communities today. Georgia Power. Powering tomorrow. Today.
enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.